hola, hola, my name is Ricardo, I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world. From AW to CMLL, we talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to episode 33 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show. And you can listen to us on all podcast apps. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. And you can go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash donate to donate to the show if you're feeling generous. I'm Gerard DeTrollio here with Paul Vosch. Paul, we've got a ton to talk about. And it seems like uh, our worlds that we cover here have been turned upside down. Yes, they really have, and they're also intersecting more and more as well. But yeah, there, 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 there is a lot of things to talk about on this show, and I think there's going to be some controversial takes coming out of the show as well. Uh, I, yes, I actually think there will be some controversial takes for both of us. <laughs> yes, I, I've, like that's the thing. Like I think regardless of what we say, someone will say, think it's controversial because there's, there's very clear... Actually, I think my takes might actually, on one specific topic, I might actually piss off both sides. Yeah, so I mean, we should just jump right in because we haven't been here in a while. So we've got a few shows to cover for each company. And we start off with uh, Pro Wrestling Noah on March 14th at Yokohama Radiant Hall in front of 254 fans, which is a good number for them there. Yeah, no, that one is a good number. Like I actually looked through... Like, I didn't do, like, a completely exhaustive search because that show gets run by, like, everyone constantly because of that uh, venue. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to click on every single, like, Actress Gold show in the Yokohama Radiant Hall. Like, I don't (laughs) think that drew more. Uh, But from the ones that I picked that were, like, prominent promotions, uh, I couldn't really find anything that, like, drew more than this. Like, there were, like, a few, I think, one or two shows that I could find. That drew more than this, but like I think this is also like the best number Noah ever drew in the building. So that one was definitely a good number. Yeah. So we start off uh, for the first match. Shuhei Taniguchi and Yasutaku Yano defeated Kinya Okada and Taishi Ozawa in eight minutes and 30 seconds with a flying front cradle from Yano on Ozawa. And uh, I mean, it's these opening matches. I'm really enjoying the Noah opening matches now because there's a lot less Funky Express and a lot more of these young guys plus Taniguchi. So yeah. they've generally delivered. Yeah, no, 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 I actually, I like this one as well. But just kind of weird to have Kinya on the losing side here, given that he had a singles match coming up. But then again, so did Taniguchi. So I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it was the it was the rookie that took the fall. So Yeah, exactly. And next up, uh, Keno defeated Daiki Inaba in 9 minutes and 42 seconds after a referee stop following a right high kick. Um, this was kind of disappointing, I thought, for these two. Yeah, I kind of expected a bit more as well. But I like that we finally got the Keno just knock someone out with a high kick because I, we haven't actually had that finish in a while. So like when no. he sprinkled it in. But aside from that, yeah, there wasn't much to this match. He he knocked out Kaido once, right? 
yeah, he knocked. I think he no, he knocked out Kaido twice. Okay, least. yeah, because he yeah. did knock him out last year at in the uh, at the uh, not yeah yeah last year at the January show in the national title match. Oh right, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, so yeah, I really do like that finish with Keno, but otherwise it was really underwhelming. It was like you know not enough time for these two guys to get cooking and everything like that. Yeah. But next but, up, this was. Also... I mean, I also feel like those two could have gotten a good sprint, but I I don't know. Yeah, they just. I mean, it's Yokohama Radiant Hall and the second yeah. match. So. Well, I mean, I would say if you compare it to the other match that was building up the GHC tag title match, we have Manabu Soy defeating Masa Kitamiya in six minutes and fifty nine seconds. The Lariat, and I thought this this was a nice little sprint between a couple of big boys. Yeah, no, I think Soya and Kitamiya actually have pretty good chemistry. So yeah. I think yeah, like those two just like running to into each other. Like I think regardless of how much time they get, that's always gonna rock. Yeah, so that was definitely the better of the two matches. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next up, we have a super crazy extreme Tiger and Lancelot defeated Tadasuke Hajime Ohara and Hiroki in 10 minutes and 21 seconds with a Spanish fly from Lancelot on uh, Hiroki. Uh, Paul, like, where do you fall on this Lan- Lancelot thing? I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I don't, my I don't, my opinion still hasn't changed. Like, a, like there's so many talented luchadors out there, and like this is the guy that we're getting. I I think he's not as bad as some people say, but yeah, you could probably find more talented luchadors if you want one. If yeah, you want like one. he's definitely not the worst guy to bring in. But just looking at like for example like luchadors that had like in other promotions or promotions that have way less money than Noah that reasonably could like basically if I'm commander and like like the money that Great is offering me and the money that Noah is offering me, I would absolutely go to Noah, right? Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. And then next up, um, we had Hayata defeating Yoshinari Ogawa in 23 minutes and 54 seconds with an arm lock cutback. Paul, I like this. Really? It was obviously repetitive, and it ended with like Ogawa like destroying Hayata's arm for like nearly 25 minutes, and then Hayata winning with a roll-up. But I could just watch Ogawa destroy Hayata's arm forever. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I also really like Ogawa, but I'm just like, this just constant necessity of Hayata just to have like he just has this like compulsory obsession to just go like over 20 minutes and he just really shouldn't oh yeah you could have cut five minutes off this match to tell the same story for sure yeah so like I just really bothered me (laughs) I think it would bother I didn't mind I'm not gonna go and say this is some incredible match I simply enjoyed it for what it was and didn't mind it even with the length Okay, I mean that that's fair enough. But for me, I was like sitting there and being like, "Can we can we just wrap this up already, please?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next up, uh, Chris Ridgway uh, versus uh, defeated Ada in seven minutes and thirty five seconds with the vertical drop brainbuster. Uh, these guys, I think, could really have something really good if they got more time. But as it was, yeah. this wasn't bad. One of Ada's better singles performances in Noah, as weird as that might sound for a seven and a half minute match. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's definitely an indictment on Ader, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's this was fine, but like I said, like I'm gonna get into that a bit more after the title match. But like I'm kind of done with Ader Noah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's probably only gonna be more <laughs> than less. So. You're done, but Noah's not. Yeah. Uh, and then in the main event, uh, Kaido Kimiya and Yohei defeated Jake Lee and Anthony Green in 16 minutes and five seconds with the Japanese leg roll clutch from Kiyomiya on Green. 
yeah, I mean, I don't know if this was quite as good as that tag match between Kaido and the good-looking guys on the last show, but it was another solid match. I continue to claim say that Green is getting better and better every time out he's in Noah, and so this was a fun little main event. Yeah, he's becoming like a really good glue guy in these kinds of like tag matches as well. Yes. So I think that that I think he's really like found his role there. I think he's like great at that and so yeah, at once maybe you can give him like a push at some point, but I think for now it's like he's in the perfect spot that he should be in as well. Yep, definitely. I mean he is the number I guess well, we'll get into this later, but he is the number three in good looking guys right now. And it's definitely, I mean, I would say it's still the number three because uh, just based on like heavyweight versus junior distinction. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now we get to a show where there's much to talk about. Voyage 2023 in Yokohama from March 19th at the Yokohama Budokan. Uh, claimed 1,308 fans. Paul, is this number legit? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Like, okay, here's the thing. If this number is legit... It's still a failure because they didn't sell any of the premium tickets. Like if right. this was an actual 1,308 people in there, they were like up in the nosebleeds and cheap seats. Yeah. And the company didn't like, then they, you just completely wrongly priced your show here. Like it's still a failure, even if that number is legit, because that this is the darkest arena I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. They have the spotlights out. So absurdly dark. Like, like, if, like if you just watch the show it's completely dark if you see pictures from people that were at the show it's equally dark like when they when people that were at the show like uploaded pictures on twitter it was all like you could just see the ring you could see nothing behind the people and then and and we will get into that a little bit later but then Ken, when kento comes out later that's when some of the spotlights you can actually see some of the like hard cam like first rows and there's like five people there <laughs> Like, legitimately five people. Yeah. Absurd. And also, like, the crowd was really quiet. Like, I was wondering early on, like, why the crowd was so quiet. And then I see, like, that there's no one in the first rows. And I'm like, okay, so either there's no one here or everyone is just really far away. And that's why it's so quiet. Yeah. So it's a business failure in, on, on whether it's legit or not. Because yeah. no one's bought. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's a worse business failure if the number isn't legit, obviously. But it's yeah. still, like, you still, like, at, at the best case scenario for Noah is that they got the pricing for the tickets wrong. That is the best case scenario here, which also isn't great. <laughs> no. Uh, so, so, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. Like, that would be weird. Like, even if you price it wrongly, I don't think it would look this dire. So that's why I'm thinking... That to me, there's no way this number is legit, which then leads me to think, so what do you think, like if the number isn't legit, what do you think the actual number is? Is it below a thousand? 900? Yeah. 900 and something? Which is what they've drawn there previously. That's true. But now you've had, well, Big Japan had the like, what, half price tickets and they drew 1800. Yeah. Stardom drew 1600. Yeah. So 1300 is like, is a th saving face number yeah because like you get at least close because you definitely can't lie your way up to like 1600 yeah like 1300 kind of looks absurd like once we actually saw how many people were like 
in the lower area. Because we don't know how, because like, and that's why I'm always saying like, when we saw how many people were there on the hard campsite, because that was the only time we ever saw the crowd. Yeah, Or exactly. the crowd, I say, in quotation marks, because there wasn't anyone there. Mm-hmm. So we start off with the first match. Yasutaku Yano defeated Taishi Ozawa in four minutes and 56 seconds with the Flying Front Cradle. Perfectly good opener. Ozawa continues to impress. But, you know, give these guys another two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. But this yeah, was no, a long yeah. show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I get why they didn't get any time. But, yeah, I think these two are, like, are like improving every time we see them. And I think Ozawa, slowly but surely, is, like, filling out that frame. Or he's starting to fill out that frame, at least. Like, he is going mm-hmm. to be a big boy once he actually, like, gets there. So yeah. I, I would really, like, he is going to be that next project because I have a feeling that the current project is over, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, handed into the, the, the teacher and you failed. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, uh, another angle masquerading as a match. Atsushi Katoge, Yohei, Seki Yoshioka, and Alejandro defeated Shuji Kondo, Tadasuke, Hajime Ohara, and Hiroki in five minutes with a horizontal cradle from uh, Katoge and Tadasuke. And then after the match, Tadasuke and Yohei turn on everyone yeah. and join forces. Look, I will say... In hindsight, this I actually like this angle more than I did when it happened originally, because a I know what happened later, like that these two like go on and then join like good-looking guys, and b that this was also kept to just five minutes because we had something <laughs> similar happen later, and that one got, went way longer than five minutes. So yeah. I actually like because when it happened originally, I was like, oh okay, just okay. So Tadasuke is out of Congo. Okay, that's gonna be bad for Congo because now the juniors are kind of bad like really bad um mm. uh, and and then yohei turned as well so i was like okay so does that mean so is tadasuke not out of congo and yohei is in congo now and i was like just confused yeah but then obviously they explained that by the end of the show yeah and next up we had katsuhiko nakajima defeating kenya okada and this is the re- the much awaited rematch from uh nakajima destroying okada's jaw last year Last August, I think. Um, he beat uh, Okada in five minutes and 48 seconds of the vertical spike. Uh, this was actually pretty good while it lasted. But uh, no, they're not going to give Okada even the revenge of lasting 10 minutes or something with Nakajima. Nope. Nope. He just gets uh, immediately destroyed. I was actually looking up if this was actually shorter than the match they had in the N1. But no, it is. it was actually slightly longer, but only by like two minutes. So... Uh, yeah, I really thought that this might be like a thing where they're going to give Kenya a win and he's, we're off to the races, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, or even maybe a respectable I, showing. Yeah, I, I will I will hold out hope for them pushing Kenya Okada until he retires. So. <laughs> uh, next up, Hideki Suzuki in the debuting Saxon Huxley defeated Mohamed Yone and Yoshiki Inamura in 7 minutes and 55 seconds with a neck-hanging bomb from Huxley on Yone. Huxley sucks. Oh, God, he's so bad. He's so bad. He's absolutely <laughs> the worst foreigner they brought in. <laughs> okay, who's worse, Saxon Huxley or Gianni Valletta? Uh, Valletta has more, like, weird-ass charisma than yeah, Saxon Yeah, yeah, that's Huxley. the thing, yeah. <laughs> Because Valletta is really, like, I think, like, mechanically speaking, Valletta is worse. Technically, yes. Yes, but, like, he has way more charisma. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, Saxon Huxley just looks like a shitty Bruiser Brody cosplay, but has, like, like literally not, like, 
an ounce of charisma. No charm. No. He's like, uh, yeah. Um, actually, he's, I would say I was gonna tall. I was gonna compare him to like Sylvester Turke, but eventually he developed charisma. Yeah, he's just tall. Uh, yeah. Like that. That's literally all. That's literally all he has going for him. But yeah, I, I really hope that this guy isn't the Fetcher replacement. Like the the Noah Noah uploaded the the faction alignment chart, like the updated yeah. version, recently, and on that one, like Fetcher was still listed. So I'm holding out hope that. This is just like Huxley comes in for the store and then some point. Well, I, like I, I would say wait until after the Ring of Honor pay-per-view to see if um, Thatcher comes back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he, if he actually does, if he actually pops up there and does something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But uh, but I, I don't know. I have a feeling he might be gone. Um, next up, Shuhei Taniguchi defeated Takashi Sugera in 11 minutes and 43 seconds with a face kick. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is exactly what you wanted to be, two old guys beating the shit out of each other. But then Taniguchi got, like, the surprise win, which got, like, some ooze mm-hmm. from the crowd and everything. He, like, yeah. no-sold an Olympic slam and did the, the punt kicks. Yeah, I, I actually really loved this one. I actually went four yeah. stars on this one. I, I was actually like, yeah, holy shit, this is, like, just two, like, this is just old old man on old man violence, basically. And this, yeah, this... I mean, which we actually got another example coming up later in the show as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought this was great. Uh, I thought these two, like, I, I was really surprised that Taniguchi got the win here. So I hope finally <laughs> that means that they're actually going to do something with him, which I was hoping they were going to do when they took him out of Funky Express and then he didn't do anything. So like, I hope this is like going to lead to something. Cause well, I, I, I thought it, wa- it is leading like, to something. Yeah. So it, finally it we've got, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, it has to do with the tag. They're going to challenge oh, for the tag titles. Oh, yeah, right. I completely. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, something happened afterwards, but that kind of erased it, uh, that, that happening from my mind. Yeah, exactly, right? But no, I mean, I'm glad to see that they're doing something with Taniguchi and Sugira um, is like now a tag title guy. Um, Which I think is perfect for him. Yeah, um, I'm sure he'll get a GHC title challenge once and again, but maybe he doesn't want to put a certain someone over right now. Um, <laughs> next up, Jack Morris and Anthony Green defeated Naomichi Marafuji and Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr. in 13 minutes and 23 seconds with a tiger driver from Morris on Wagner. Uh, apart from a botch towards the end, I thought this was solid, and I actually really liked uh, how Green and Marafuji work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, said like there was a bit of a botch at the end where I think Morris lost Wagner on a power bomb a bit. Um, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, this was really solid, and I think did like a nice job of like setting up the title match between Morris and Wagner. And I think Morris should win. Actually. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think I think Morris is winning that one because Wa- Wagner had a great title reign, and I think like I think he was really elevated with that reign. Like if you take that title off him now, like I think he actually comes out better then he was coming in. Like, I think you could actually, like, have him challenge for the heavyweight belt coming out of this. Oh, for sure. Um, and then next up, we have uh, Extreme Tiger and Lancelot defeated Amaska and Ninja Mac in 10 minutes and 16 seconds with the broken bomb from Lancelot on Amaska. Um, I thought this was perfectly fine. I thought Amaksa and Ninja Mac carried the match. Extreme Tiger is a solid hand. 
And, you know, Lancelot does his thing, but he's not great. Although I don't think he's quite as bad as some people say. But we're getting Lancelot versus Amoxica for the junior title. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this crowd wasn't really super loud for obvious reason. But, like, this, like this finish got legitimately, like, silence. Like, there was no one that reacted to this. <laughs> like, Lancelot is not over at all. I mean... No, because he's not as spectacular as some yeah, of the Yeah, exactly. Guys. Like, there's so many... Like, he just gets outshone by so many people. Like, I mean, but hey, look, if, if he gets his, he gets his chance, like I, if I don't think he has any chance of beating a Maxa, so he just gets the chance to prove himself in a big singles match, and then if he actually does well in that, then okay, he can stick around. If not, then it's bye bye and see you later. Yeah, I mean, this is super crazy, He's nephew. <laughs> Yeah. Don't forget. <laughs> no, but that's why he gets this chance. But I also don't think, like, if he actually shits the bed against the champion, that they're going to be very interested in bringing him back. Yeah. And then uh, next match, a GHC tag team title, heavyweight tag team titles. Masa Kitamiya and Daiki and Abba defeated Keno and Manabu Soya in 21 minutes and 44 seconds with a diving senton from Kitamiya on Soya to make the first defense of the titles. Paul, I thought this was pretty damn good in the match of the show. Uh, just the sort of, like... You know, Soya and Kinemiya being the crap out of each other and lots of fast-paced action from Keno and Inaba. It just worked together. I thought the last few minutes were great. Yeah, no, uh, this was also my favorite match on the show. Like, I also went four on this one as well, but I preferred, like, slightly to the uh, Taniguchi-Sigura match. Uh, I was also a bit surprised with the result as well because, mm -hmm. yeah, as I kind of suspected, like, Keno and Soya, like, were going to win, like, another set of titles, so... Um, yeah, I thought they were just gonna have to do the whole thing where like Keno and Soya hold like both belts, but yeah, they just hold one set of titles. But yeah, no, like this match was really good. I think Inaba and Kitamiya have like started to like gel really, really well as a team. Like, yes, and I'm glad that they're getting an actual run and not just transitional champions. Yeah, yeah, I think like I'm getting like similar vibes off of them that I'm getting off of Bishamon in New Japan. Yes. I think they have like a very similar kind of like chemistry and like structure. So yeah, no, maybe that's why they got put together. It might also be, and I mean, we have also, we have Bishamon at home. Yes, no, I think that's like that. That's very much the feeling I get out of them. It's like we have Bishamon at home, but like Bishamon is great. So I, I'll take that we have Bishamon at home. So no, th this was really exciting, and I think actually like one thing that is like really kind of not really talked about as much with Noah because of well look at everything else going on in the promotion is how just consistently great their tag team title matches are mm -hmm. like i'm actually like trying to think when it's like the last tag title match was that i didn't go four stars on because they're all great like constantly i would say the problem is it's like hot potatoed often yeah no it it is it is but like if you get like a cons like for example, if you actually have like a bit of a longer reign, like we had with uh, Kojima and Segura, like that yeah. was really really great. And I think some of the other hot potatoing that was going on, kind of during the summer, like the title was also a little bit cursed last year, like especially early on. True. Where, like people constantly got injured or like kicked out of the country <laughs> or stole some protein powder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like uh, like I. I I can't really blame them for that hot potatoing. Like a lot of that wasn't actually their fault. So, but like even regardless of that, the matches just like constantly just deliver banger after banger after banger. 
like even like the Marufuji like Muto title matches I actually like because I think they actually had a formula that worked for both men at the, at this stage of their career. So mm-hmm. yeah, like if there's one thing that I can say Noah's consistently great at, it's these tag title matches. Definitely. And then next up for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Talking about tag, tag title matches that con- Noah is constantly not great at. Uh, uh, Yoshinari Ogawa and Ada defeated Hayata and Chris Ridgway in 25 minutes and 29 seconds with a figure four pinfall from Ogawa on Ridgway for their second defense of the titles. I mean, I didn't think this match was bad. I mean, I kind of liked it. Like, I don't know, like a three and a half or something. But then obviously there was all sorts of nonsense at the end. Um, Hayato and Ogawa reunited and uh, they went off together even though Ogawa and Ada are the champions so uh, once again it's absolutely no sensical booking in here yeah I think it actually is that's like all of this happened after 25 minute match oh Paul we forgot to talk about what happened after the tag title match Uh, so the most over person in the building came out to confront Masakita Mia. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Kento, yeah. <laughs> Paul, the reaction for Kento. Uh, <laughs> that hey, was an incredible... Here comes this guy that, that's not from this promotion. He's more over who hasn't, than anyone on this promotion. Who hadn't wrestled in this promotion for like 10 years prior to the yeah. Mudo Dome show. In, including, he's more over, including the other guy that used to be in the same promotion that is winning the title at the show. <laughs> Just the chance and like, oh my god! Uh, of I course, mean, there definitely in... seems to be a lot of people at this show that watch all Japan and sure shit didn't make noise for Jake. <laughs> <laughs> they knew who Kento was, though. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe they only started watching all Japan in January. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sort like <laughs> Paul. Do you think someone at Cyber Fight is ready to like drive a? Brinks truck up to Kento's place. I mean, they should. Come next year. <laughs> they really should. <laughs> we'll okay. talk about more about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but yes, back to the, the G- junior tag title match. Why would, why did this go so long? I don't know. Hayata was in it. Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason why this went as long. Like that, and that's actually why like, I think actually in hindsight, I dislike the match even more. Because it, I thought it was kind of boring. Like, I did like some of the stuff of like Rich Ray and Ogawa. Like, those two are great. But, yeah. like, otherwise, I don't think there was a lot to it. And then when they did the whole fucking nonsensical stuff after the match, I'm like, okay, so you did this after the match, after A, like, Ogawa and Ata fall apart after they win the match. And it took 25 minutes. You did the 25 minute match only to basically make the result of the match completely meaningless. So what you're selling me is you wasted 25 minutes of my life. That's true. Also, we might be in a situation where they vacate the tag titles again. Yeah. Because the partners can't get along. Yeah. They kind of have to unless they just make up again because we we just did the storyline with Hayata and Ogawa (laughs) not that long ago. Yeah. So... And then finally, it was announced that Ada is going to become a freelancer, but still wrestle in Dragon Gate. Yeah, which of course means more Ada in Noah. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not surprised. But like, what? So what was the point? Like, what's the point of him going freelance so he can do even more Noah dates, or he can doesn't have to clear his booking in Noah through Dragon Gate, or what? What do you think? I've, I've, that's the feeling I got. Like, 
what I think should be happening is that both Dragon Gate and Noah should just agree to stop, like, to finally let this man go to Mexico. This is very clearly what he wants to do. He just wants to be an indie scum in Mexico. He didn't even want to come back from excursion, and Dragon Gate basically forced him to come back. And I think the only reason he's still in Japan is because Japanese promotion keep paying him money to be in Japan. So he's like, right. ah, sure, why not? I'll, I'll take the money. It's more than I can make in Mexico. But like, I feel like his heart just very clearly isn't in it. Just let him go. Well, he can go now, but he yeah. seems to keep taking the paydays. So I, mean, I don't know. I we'll can see. Blame him. <laughs> I, I would. I, like I said, Noah. Prob- like the, those Noah days probably pay pretty well. Like he's in the semi-main event. Yeah. More often than not. Uh, so he well, probably we'll makes see. decent money as a freelancer for Noah. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see. But he can go to Mexico now if he wants, I suppose. Really hope he does. Okay. I would actually probably. Here's the funny thing. I probably would enjoy him as a in Mexico because I think he would fit in like incredibly well. And like I'm just completely done with this version of Atom because he just doesn't put in any effort. Right. So we are then go to our main event for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. Jake Lee defeats Kaido Kiyomi in 35 minutes and 36 seconds with a skewered front high kick. Uh, Kaido fails on his V5 defense, and Jake Lee becomes the 42nd GHC Heavyweight Championship uh, or champion. Paul, I've seen all sorts of takes on this match. It went too long, but... I didn't mind it. I thought Jake looked pretty good. He was trying to project himself more. You can debate how well he does it, but he was trying. And I didn't think it was quite as boring as some people were claiming. But I wouldn't go out and put this on any match of the year list or anything. I thought it was just kind of there. It was just kind of boring. I think it was definitely Kaito's worst title match. See, I thought Kaido was awesome in this, and I thought the last few minutes were great. Oh, yeah, the last few minutes were great. Like, Kaido sold that knee like he got shot in the gut. That one was that, that was legitimately good. But yeah. it was also, like, this weird match structure. Which and the high just... kick in the corner he sold like he was, yes. yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Like, he, the Kaido really, like, sold. Like, I mean, that's always the thing that he's been really good at selling. So, like, I can't fault him there. But again, like, it, it was just, it was basically a 35-minute squash. Because Kaito barely got any offense and like Jake just like dominated him for 35 minutes and then won. Like it's not even that Kaito got like a, all that much like offense at the end to make you think he was mounting a comeback. Like Jake just beat him up for 35 minutes and then won. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just thought this was just... I thought this was leading somewhere and then kind of just led to Jake winning. So, like, I thought the match structure was weird and it just went on for way too long. And, yeah, I don't like that. There wasn't really anything to it. And it probably, to me, was also hurt by the fact that, like, the crowd also didn't really seem to be into it as well. No, but they sort of woke up towards the end. Yes. No, 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 no. Like, Like, I did like the finish. That's why I'm not saying, like, this was, like, actually, like, bad. But it was just kind of there like it's it was to me it was definitely like aside from the finish and like jake like if if this ends with kaito just like defending the title i don't think anyone would really remember this match Mm, okay that's a fair point yes you're right if kaito had won definitely not 
Okay, well, then we got to talk about Kaido. How do you solve a problem like Kaido? Uh, is this, we'll start with the character. Is this leading to another character change? It should. I mean, okay, here's the thing. It should in a so far as like, what else are we doing here? Like, like the way this whole thing has been done, like you have to change his character now. Like, I don't think it makes any sense for him to like, just stay the same guy. And because then he looks even worse. But like, I mean, that's the other problem. Like, and that, that's one of the things that, that is with like the current status of Kaito is because he, like he's, not, he's seventh on the all-time list of like GHC like champions in terms of like days holding the belt. Like he's ahead of yeah. Marufuji now, right? <laughs> like this is not a guy that is coming up. Like this no. is a guy that is by all Should be established, yeah. but not. By all statistical like measurements in K, like all kayfabe statistical measurements is there, like he's own he like if he had defeated Jake here he probably would have pulled ahead of Jun Akiyama and Takiyama in terms of days, right? Like right. at that point he's fifth in the mm. all-time like GHC like title holders, like he's a two-time N one winner or like N one in global <laughs> league or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. he's a two-time tournament winner as well. So, like, this shouldn't be a guy that still needs to find his character. No. He should have his character, and it's that character that he would do, like, variations on over time to keep things fresh, but he should have a character. He shouldn't have to, like, completely reinvent himself, which is probably what he needs to do now. Yes, I think he does. Once again, he's got to change up his look and everything after this one. Yeah, so, like, to me, and, and that might be, like, and it, to be fair, and some of this is, like, also because they might have tried to push him a bit too early. Because mm-hmm. what I also wrote down as well is, like, comparison between Kaito and Yuma. Because I think those are, like, very good comparable guys. Because they're, they're of similar age. Like, they both kind of started in the promotion, and the promotion was in really dire straits. Like, stabilized mm-hmm. the, the promotion have like stabilized a lot more since then and but both have gone down like very different paths when it comes to like well you must still up and come here exactly that that's what i mean for example like would this entire discourse around kaito exist in the same way if this was let's say kaito's first title reign no absolutely not yeah if this had just been his first title reign or if he hadn't even won the title yet like like the whole Mudo thing, right? The whole Mudo mm-hmm. thing happens before Kaito ever wins the belt. I think there's still discourse about it, obviously. But I yeah. don't think it is done with the same ferocity. No, because he had like a year-long reign and then exactly. has been struggling. he struggled for so long after. That's yeah. just bad booking. Yeah. So, like, like, some of this is obviously like on Noah completely because like they tried oh, yeah. to do this early title reign. And I think the title reign was good, but then just everything they did after was not... Like, it was something that you can do with someone like Yuma Eoyagi at that point, but it isn't something that you can do with someone like Kaito who just comes off of, like, a year-long title, right? Well, right, but this is also the problem with Kaito is that, like, he can't be, he like, at 26 years old or whatever, he can't say, that's not going to work for me, brother, because he doesn't have any of that seniority and he's dealing with uh, wrestlers, like, more than twice his age. Okay, true, but, you like... Know. 
but like I think still it's like the extent to which it happens with him as well is also like I think somewhat on him as well because yeah he can't push back against like everything but I don't think he just has to like take all of it laying down and like with the like body language and everything that he deals with it as well right he does look like a deer lost in the headlights sometimes yeah. And, and and again, he's a he's a two time champion. He has held the title for five hundred days. Like I don't, he shouldn't look like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, like not yes, obviously like his like his uh, uh, his like self confidence and everything, like his self confidence and everything, like has been like fucked with like majorly by like people in the promotion. But yeah. I think there's still like again he he still has gotten accolades in kayfabe that should show him that like he is like a big deal that like he de- like he shouldn't have no self-confidence like should it be a bit cracked like it shouldn't be obviously like at the same place like it was for like someone like okada at the same time because okada just got everything he could ever want right. so obviously he was just bursting with just well yeah okay so let's just let's just compare it like Okada is how you make a star. I don't yes. care what anyone wants to say, what everyone wants to come up with these convoluted stories about Kaido overcoming everything. No, that is a formula mm-hmm. to make a star. And might I add, when New Japan made Okada, they had a lot less main eventers. It was like really just Tanahashi. Yeah. Which is why that Noah was had, feud for like f- yeah, four years. Four years. Whereas, uh, uh, well, they sort of Nakamura. Well, no, because Okada and Nakamura only really had that one match in the G1 finals. Yeah, of they never had a title match. Yeah. So, but in Noah, you have Mudo, you have Fujita even, you have, you know, I mean, he beat Sagira and Mark Fuji and even Go and all on the, like the first time. Mm-hmm. But you still had those old guys that should have been used to actually definitively put him over. And that, and that obviously wasn't done. But again, like, I think just, I don't think, like, for example, him, like, I liked the title win overall in terms of, like, matches and everything. But I also didn't feel like he was this, like, super confident guy coming out of the first title reign. Which, I think that one went no. well. And then that led straight into, like, the really great Go title reign. Yes. Like, it's not like he had, he was, like, bursting with, like, confidence, and then he runs into the mood of feud. And it well, no, I mean, he, he is so much, I mean, I don't want to say he was bad. He was not bad. He was very good, especially for his experience level in that first title reign. But, like, that, I always think back to that match in Sumo Hall against Keno. It was just Keno kicking his ass for half <laughs> <Yes>. an hour, <laughs> and then him making a comeback, and that's, like, actually one of their weaker matches, I think. Yeah. And I think, like, in general, like, that, that was also, like, Last year, and I wrote that in my review afterwards, um, on the New Year's show last year, when they did Keno versus Kaito in the uh, national title match. And that one ended with Keno knocking out Kaito, like the same way he did like when they had like their heavyweight title match way back when. Mm-hmm. That was like, well, it just feels like Kaito just hasn't like progressed. Like he's just back to square one, essentially. Well, I think the kick, the knockout would have been a more effective ending if you hadn't already geeked out Kaido. Yeah, yeah, because that was after he had already done like all of the Muda stuff and everything. Exactly, yeah. 
But then, like, again, like, then he, like, wins the N1, and then he wins the title, and he gets a pretty decent title reign, and... Yeah, it, like, he still doesn't really seem like he progressed in any way. Like, uh, like I don't feel like he feels closer to... Being, oh, he like, added a shining wizard days. to his... He, he added a shining wizard and dragon screw to his repertoire. Great. So he went from Misawa <laughs> cosplay to Mudo cosplay. That's, yeah, that's, still which... my, that's still my problem. Like, we don't, we don't know who Kaito Kiyomiya actually is. We know who no. he likes. We know which wrestler he likes yeah. and likes to emulate. We don't actually know who he is, though. Nope. And he's still sort of portrayed as like a, a kid. <laughs> yeah, which again is absolute nonsense in kayfabe. Yeah, exactly. It just, it's, yeah, it's so many things that just make no sense and it's a sort of clashing with each other. So, Paul, we learned last night Kaido is accompanying Mudo to the United States for the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, what do you uh, think well, he's going to do I'll there? Say, well, I don't know. He's, he's, He's dipping his toe in the waters to see if he can go. I, I'm positive of it. Whether or not WWE takes him, I don't know. But you know what? I don't blame Kaido if he goes. And it's probably in some ways might be the best opportunity for him if he goes. I mean, again, he's only, what, 26, 27. He goes. He might not even last four or five years. But let's say he lasts five years. Mm-hmm. He can come back a bigger star and reset himself. But I'm not particularly confident um, about his chance in WWE, would he do better than Kushida and Jiro? Sure. Would he do better than Nakamura? Most likely not. And he's he's not that tall. He's five eleven. He looks fine. He looks sizable in Noah, but won't in WWE. Oh, and Vince is back. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Com- that company has always been hella racist against Japanese people, and with Vince back, like, like Nakamura is your like top tier like best case scenario as a male driver and they haven't used him in months now exactly so yeah no i don't think there's any chance and 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 triple h who went out and signed uh sari uh well that failed Mm -hmm. even though she could have been protected in nxt but they fucked that up too yeah i mean just gave a fucking japanese like that's what i mean like they gave her a japanese schoolgirl fucking gimmick like Jesus Transforming Christ. into Sailor Moon. Yeah. Okay, let, let me read to you a bunch of results. Uh, gets defeated by scripts. Defeats Javier Banel. Gets defeated by Trick Williams. Uh, gets defeated by scripts. Gets defeated by Javier Banel. Loses a battle royal. Gets defeated by Miles Bourne and beats Javier Banel. Who is this? That's Jiro? That's Jiro. That's like Jiro's last eight matches. Most of which were not even on well, NXT. Well, Jiro hasn't been... They're on NXT level up. Wow. And well, when was the last time Jiro even wrestled on level up? Uh, or even a house show yeah, so, the, on the Largo uh, Loop? None of these were from 2023. The last one yeah. is from the 14th of December, 2022. Yep. Where he lost in four minutes. <laughs> Yeah. But still, generally, these people go back to Japan with their stock raised. Because the media treats it like a big deal that they've wrestled in WWE. True, but yeah, I don't Do you know how big Takeshita will be? Oh, yeah. For given sure. the way that he's treated? Yeah, but when, that's. Once he yeah, goes... exactly. But that's also like he's actually getting treated well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying, like, a couple years could refresh Kaido. Mm-hmm. 
okay, here's my take on this. I don't think he's actually doing that. I don't think he's actually trying to get into WWE. And here's my reason why. So from an objective standpoint, you absolutely go with Muto to the Hall of Fame to try and get your foot into the door with WWE to make some money, raise your profile, come back to Japan as a bigger star. That is absolutely the logical like, thing to do here to like, refresh yourself because you've kind of run into a complete fucking wall in Noah, kind of thanks to the guy that's taking you to WWE, but that's besides the point. Uh, so, yes, so from all of that, that is absolutely the logical thing to do. It would be really embarrassing and just really kind of a bad thing for yourself to do to just go to Japan to wheel around an old man for his a Hall of Fame introduction and carry his back, especially if you're supposed to be the ace of the promotion. Now, when I'm telling you that Kaito Kiyomiya is potentially doing something related to Keiji Muto that look, makes him look like an absolute fucking geek and makes him look absolutely terrible instead of the logical thing that would benefit him in terms of his career. Which one do you think is more likely? Oh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, he, I, I think he's actually, I know that sounds stupid, but I think he's actually going there to carry his back. Like, just straight up. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible, and I don't want to admit it. I at least want to think Kaido has some backbone and is trying to salvage his career, but who knows? He might just be going to be the bag boy. Yeah, like, he's the new Kai. Like, talking about another yes. guy that very nearly got his fucking career derailed by Keiji well, Muto and literally had to go okay, to but Dragon Gate. He did not put... Kai did not put his career back into place until in his late 30s, and he turns 40 this year. Yeah, and he had to go to Dragon Gate to do it. <laughs> well, I mean, th- that's a sizable promotion. No, it, no sorry, no, that, that's not what I mean. Like, it's not, like that, this wasn't like a knock on Dragon Gate. But, but it's, like, no one would have like, figured Kai and Dragon Gate at former Open the Dreamgate Championship yeah, yeah, like, like, five years ago even. Yeah, yeah, no, he had to like completely remove himself from the Muto orbit as much as possible. Like, he had to, like, go to Dragon Gate, which, like, he's really tall for a Dragon Gate guy. Like, and he also wrestles a style that is very much unlike it. So it is actually surprising that it worked out, but I think that's actually why that worked out for him. And, like, it's so clear that he just regained his confidence there after Muto just fucking just... Like, he did all of the same things to Kai that he did to Kaito, including the nonsensical gimmick changes emulating other wrestlers. Well, and and, and Kaito was... Or, sorry, Kai was even more of Mudo's boy because he's like a dojo boy. Yeah. You know who wasn't on? And now it makes more sense that Kai... Uh, I mean, okay, no, he was on the Muto retirement show, but, like, he didn't want any... Yeah. And also that probably Sonata didn't want anything to do with that retirement show. N- no, Sonata, definitely not. So... Yeah, so, like, I, yeah. I don't know. If I'm Kaito, I'm just, like... Mudo's retired. Like, if I'm Kaito, I'm just looking at the fucking, like just array of broken toys left behind by Muto that had to like go other places to like rebuild their career and just take a lesson from that but then maybe not do it in the place that this guy is taking me to yep nope gotta distance yourself from him for sure but Kaido might be a little more naive than we think or or he is Uh, I think just one more more thing though on him if he actually stays but talking about a character change, should he turn heel? Uh, no, because I think he would be a, not a very good heel. <laughs> True, but again, that, that's kind of where my comparison with Yuma comes in. I think Yuma's 
Kieran wasn't very great either. But I think like leather jacket wearing Yuma heel run for six months, while it wasn't really a big success, I think was kind of an important step for him in terms of character development. I agree. And I think Yuma could be a great heel down the line if he wanted to be. But again, like, like I think sometimes, like I, I think there's nothing that indicates that Yuma, that Kaito would be a great heel, but I think you at least need to, you need to do something here. Like if he stays, you just need to do something to freshen him up. And I think just going just completely against the grain and just turning him heel and see what happens. Let's see if it works. If not, whatever. But like, I think you at least have to like try. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, at this point, throwing something against the wall and seeing if it sticks is not the worst thing that could happen to Kaido, even if I'm somewhat skeptical. But I mean, it can't be any worse than what does... he's done so far. Yeah, that's true. And Paul, now that we're done talking about Kaido, we would be remiss if we did not talk about Jake. What about Jake? Uh, so I have a take about this. And my point is, if if you're going to try with Jake and Noah, it was now or never. Yeah, I don't think Jake would have benefited. If Jake had lost this match, I don't think he you could have kept him in the main events. No, if he, really. if he loses Make this, in, he's, he's in, in the same position in, he would have been in All Japan. Exactly, and uh, him and like Jack Morris or Anthony Green would be going after the tag titles or something. Not, now, you can debate whether or not Jake should be GHC champion, right? And then that's perfectly legitimate, but they struck while the iron was hot with Jake. Yeah. And they're going to go with it. And we're going to get Jake versus Nakajima, and I think Jake wins, and I think the long term is Jake versus Go at Sumo Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty likely as well. Um, however, I think I've talked about this before. There's one thing I want to happen here, and that is Kento beats Jake for the GHC title. Because Absolutely. that is just the absolute funniest outcome from all of this, where it's just like, Jake is like, man, finally I can be my own man. I can come out of the shadow of, shadow of Kento Miyahara. And it's just, oh, what's that? <laughs> why, why, why do I hear Kento chants? Oh, no. It's like, well, it's like a yeah, horror I mean, movie and Kento just appears behind him like a slasher. If, if, if Noah management wasn't convinced about putting the GHC title on Kento, they might have been after that show. Yeah. Like, we talked about this. Put the GHC title on Kento and put the Triple Crown on Kento. Yeah. I think, and, and have Yuma chase Kento. Yeah, and then you and then you have uh, go uh, go against Kento, and you have him yep. be like, "I'm Noah," and Kento's like, "Oh, I don't give a shit about that." <laughs> yeah, like those yeah, two would have never an got the payoff. Match. I mean, talk about Nakajima and Kento. We still don't really have a payoff from Go and Kento either from Exceed. Oh God, that is going way back. <laughs> I know, but yeah, no, I mean, but to be fair, I mean, that's what this whole thing is built around: is Kento airing grievances. <laughs> with like his former like stable mates and like tr- like co-trainees and everything so yeah so it fits right well in. i mean well yeah we'll we'll talk about where that's going in a in a very soon actually but uh i mean i don't know i mean after that the reception for kento you know yeah i mean again like the fact that kento got the reception that he did and that jake got the reception that he did like unli- like i said literally unless the people started watching all japan in january there's no reason why kento like again 
like it just kind of shows both coming from the same promotion and one gets a way bigger reaction than the other one and one wins the title and the other one is doing something with Masaki Tamiya. <laughs> yeah. So that is Pro Wrestling Noah. Oh, a couple quick notes. Uh, uh, Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf are coming back. Hopefully they will not wrestle on, each other for once. Uh, caught that on commentary. Uh, Mark Pickering mentioned that. And we're getting Noah's first women's singles match also upcoming. Uh, it's going to be Mayu Kihi versus uh, Natsu Sumire. Now, I know that Shinshiro Takagi has mentioned like he wants to do like a serious women's promotion instead of an idol promotion. But with all due respect to um, Natsu <laughs> Simur- Sumari, yeah. it, it's not Sumire, it's like Sumari yeah, or something. Sumire, yeah. Sumire. Um, she's, she's a gimmick wrestler. I mean, she's great <laughs> at her role, but she's very different than like Maya Yukihi, who's like a serious ass kicker. Yeah, yeah, like that. That, that, that's, that is definitely weird. Where it's like, uh, we don't want like, yeah, I don't know, like, she just fits right in in Tokyo Joshi Pro, so like that really is no difference. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I get what they're trying to do. I mean, obviously, like Maya Yukihi is generally very different than the Tokyo Joshi Pro roster and everything like that. Yeah, with the exception of Yamashita. Yeah, I would say so, uh, and maybe Miyu Watanabe. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's interesting, and I guess that's going to go. So, but I mean, it's like. You know, there's there are lots of good Joshi freelancers, but I don't know. I I don't know why this. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, does it have to be done in Noah? Like, are they going to make a GHC Women's title? It just feels like they're doing what they were doing when they were owned by Ledette and copying New Japan with everything. Yeah, I mean that that's very strongly what this feels like. I mean, hey, apparently I read somewhere that apparently like Bailey's contract might be up, so <laughs> can bring in Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, so that's uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. So we move on to some uh, shockingly uh, greener pastures uh, in all Japan. We start off their show on March 14th at Shinjuku Face in front of 519 fans, which is one of, might be the largest Shinjuku Face crowd since the pandemic for any company, I think. I think I found like one show that drew more. Okay. But, I, but I'm not sure of that. But it's definitely like updates. Either it is the best one since the pandemic or it's like the second best since the pandemic. Like it's definitely a really good number. Yeah. Okay. So we start off with Dan Tamara versus Hikaru Sato. They went to a time limit draw of 10 minutes. Uh, obviously a very solid match. And it was just to set up that they're like coming back together as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was a Junior tag battle of glory. Yeah. Um, Jun Saito and Rei Saito defeated Shotaro Ashino and Ryuki Honda in 7 minutes and 11 seconds with a drill-a-hole pile-driver from Rei on Honda. Uh, this was not as good as their tag title match from last September. Uh, it was sort of just there, and it obviously establishing that Gungnir of Anarchy are on a bit of a losing streak. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get to more to that later in a minute. Yes, they're on a very heavy losing streak. Uh, yeah. Um... Uh, next up for the AJPW TV six-man tag team championship in a decision match. <laughs> I can't believe they brought these titles back. I actually <laughs> thought they were going to be dead. Takao Mori, ATM, and Black Mansurei defeated Black Tiger Yusuke Kodama and Masao Hanabata in nine minutes and 36 seconds with a jackknife hold from Mensurei on Tiger. Uh, they become the fifth champions. Uh, again, nothing to see here. Um, and Black Tiger was awful as usual. 
Hey, at least I got the prediction right. <laughs> well, yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do with these titles, but whatever. Probably. I mean, they're for the money mark. The literal money mark, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Fuck, literal ATM of the promotion. It would be funny if he called himself ATM Eric. <laughs> but to be fair, though, what is his actual first name? Because he could just go with that. Ah, uh, you can look it up. I, I can't yeah. remember. But it's like on the. It's on. There's a link to his personal website on the All Japan front page. I mean, he has a cage match profile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, da, da, da. Oh no! Wait, it actually. Oh no! Wait, actually, on the cage match, they just have him as Carbelito. So actually, wait, mm-hmm. is it just Ito? I think it's probably something Ito. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then next up, uh, we have Yuma Aoyagi, Naoya Nomura, and Atsuki Aoyagi defeating uh, Ryo Inoue, Yuma Anzai, and Oji Shiba in nine minutes with the maximum from uh, Nomura on Inoue. This was um, awesome, but it was only nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought this was, yeah, was, I also thought this was a ton of fun. Like, just went really hard and, uh, yeah. Could could have gone a bit longer, but I also get why they only like gave it five minutes, as, uh, nine minutes as well. Yeah. Uh, next up, Shuji Ishikawa defeated Hokuto Amore in eight minutes and twenty six seconds with the Splash Mountain. Um, I don't know. This wasn't as good as Hokuto's singles match against Kento, but it was all about just establishing Suji before the title match, and it was good for what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I thought Hokuto would get a bit more in this as well, but yeah, this really was just about Shuji kind of dominating him and just setting him up for the title match, which is fine. And I think Hokuto got like got to show like a bit more in like other matches as well. And now next up, a special six person tag match, arguably what was one of the biggest draws of the show. <laughs> Suwama, Mayumi, Ozaki, and Maya Yukihi that we were just talking about defeated Yoshitatsu, uh, Unagi Sayaka, and Saki in seventeen seventeen with a backdrop suplex from Suwama on Yoshitatsu. Now, first of all, this was not as good as the mixed tag in December. Yeah. But it was still a lot of fun, for the most part, I thought. And Suwama took the frog and, splash. And Suwama took the frog splash, and Suwama sold for some pretty weak-ass-looking slaps for Munagi. Yeah, <laughs> those were... But but <laughs> Suwama will sell for the women. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. He, he has no qualms about doing that, but yeah, those slaps were like, I was like, could, could, you can lay that in a bit more at Suwama. Like, it, there's a lot of layers here before you actually hurt him when you chop him. Yeah. And uh, after the match, it looks like they might be teasing some Ozaki versus Unagi. Which, to me, would make like perfect sense as like a main event for the Evolution show. Yeah, which they still... I mean, that show's like in a week, and they don't have any other than the three matches. And as far as I can tell, it's not being broadcast either on All Japan TV mm-hmm. or like even pay-per-view or something. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But um, You need to put, like, you then, put something on there to draw people. Yeah. And uh, uh, if you ask me, the sexual tension between Yukihi and Suwama continues. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he was uh, like, I, oh, yeah, when, when she whipped him, that was like, he was like, ooh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was literally uh, like, oh, I'm I sure hope we'll... that didn't awake some, awaken something in me. <laughs> like, uh, I think it did, well, Suwama. I think it did. <laughs> Suwama's like, oh, I get why Dan likes this so much. <laughs> Um, I, I'm assuming we're going to see the Ozaki and Yukihi and Suwama team again at some point in a few months. Yeah, I really hope so because they're really... Like, this is what Suwama should be doing like for the rest of his I career. Agree. They're so good. 
Yeah, he could be like the top intergender gender, uh, wrestler in the world. That's what they should um, do with the All Japan like six man titles. Like just put them on these three. Actually, yes. That honestly would uh, I never thought of that actually, and that would actually be uh, a great idea. Yeah. I think they, they instantly would have the best title reign <laughs> just by winning it. They would instantly <laughs> have the. They would instantly have the uh, the best title reign. And then so we go on to the semi-main event in an inter-promotional fight. Kento Miyahara defeated Yoshiki Inamura in 10 minutes and 33 seconds with a shutdown German suplex hold. I mean, I thought this was pretty good. I would have liked to have seen a full-blown, like, longer match between them. You know, Kento's selling was great. But it just felt like, okay... But Inamura was treated in a way, it's just like, oh, Keno's going to hulk up, hit that knee, and then that suplex and win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I don't think Inamura was quite treated as a big a threat as he could have been. Like, it's a good match. But I just think Inamura should have been treated like a bigger threat. I mean, yeah, but he isn't a Noah either. So I know. <laughs> but yeah, in general, like, in fear, speaking in theory, he should be. And I mean, he actually was on the, uh, on the Ota Watch show. So, For sure. Yeah, uh, but I thought this was good. And I actually was surprised how over Inamura was. Oh, yeah. Because he actually More got some pretty decent chance here. Oh, I, I agree. And it's shockingly so against Kento. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think, like, at least, like, if I know I'm looking at that and be like, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe we should do something with this guy. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, he might be part of this interpromotional feud, which is something for him to sink his teeth in, yeah. too. Um, next up in the main event for the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship, Naruki Doi defeated Rising Hayato in 17 minutes and 16 seconds with a Bakatari sliding kick to make his first defense. Paul, this was awesome. This was great. Uh, Doi was a tremendous heel, and Hayato is Hayato's just so damn good now. Yeah. No, I, this was awesome. Like, I went four and a quarter on this. Like, this was the best... Like, out of all of these shows that we're, like, reviewing today, like, this was the best match out of all of them. Oh, really? You think so? Yeah. I, I love this match. I thought this was great. And, yeah, like, especially because they also kind of fucked up one of the Bakatari sliding kicks. And just, Doi just kicked Hayato in the face. <laughs> uh, but I think that really, like, added to it as well. Um, well, yeah, it helped it because it gave, like, Hayato some grit. Like, he survived and then, you know, Doi had to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, and like the fact that he kicked out of that one as well, that was great. And, and escape from the muscle yeah. bomb, or yeah, yeah, the roll up sequences bomb. after that, after the muscle bomb. Yeah, those were those were those were awesome as well because I actually bit on some of those. I was like, oh, is he actually gonna beat him? It's like, no, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, this this was just an awesome match. Like Doi, Doi can still go. Like Doi's just just such an amazing heel. I'm beginning to think you got to get that junior title on Hayato sooner rather than later. To to put you know another guy at the top of the division up there with Atsuki. Yeah, I mean, could still. I mean, we still don't know what they're gonna set up through the tag league. So I think that's kind of yeah. going to determine who the challenger is coming out of that. Which oh yeah, I actually forgot to write that down on the sheet. What happened after the match? Well, yeah, it's uh, Naoki Tanizaki is um, Doi's partner, mm -hmm. which that's really cool team. That, that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. And did we have Shiba and um, Inoue? Yeah, we talked about that on the, on, on the, the last, last one. Because that's, and the fifth yeah. team is um, 
Oh my God, who's the fifth team? Oh, it's Ishida and uh, Kotaro Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> Which that fucking tournament is actually really stacked, though. <laughs> I know it's like could be the best five team round robin ever. Yeah, I mean it's probably like I'm trying to think like the Junior Tag Battle of Glory. If there was one that was more stacked than this one, maybe sometime. What was that? There was that year with Shun Skywalker and Misaki Mochizuki. That was 2018. Yeah, but like there wasn't really a whole lot else in no. there. Uh, I'm trying you'd to have to think, go back a lot. Like yeah, like mid. You probably have to go back to Kaz Hayashi. Yeah, like where they had like Kenny Omega and everything. Like I don't know if they did it then. Like that's like the only mm-hmm. other time where I think like they had a roster that actually would have allowed for them to have like a really great tournament like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's like no, there's no like fat in the, in this tournament. Exactly, like because we don't have like a black man's array or like anyone like that in there. With who I like, but like, yeah, like this, these guys are all on like another level. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that. It's really going to be, I think, underrated uh, little element thing. And so that was a good show. Yeah. The first of uh, a few good shows for All Japan. Then we go to March 18th, Cork and Hall. All Japan versus Great. 713 fans. Paul, from the looks of it, it looks like they didn't sell that many tickets. And there was restrictions. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the seating patterns and, like, the little notices on the chair, the floor chairs, like, I don't know. I mean, I am under the impression that it was... It was uh, sold because when these things went on sale, it was restrictions and they wanted cheering on the yeah. show because why wouldn't you have cheering on an interpromotional show? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the feeling I got for this as well, which is like, that's just going to make things so much more complicated to analyze attendances because now it's like, well, did this show have... Well, they should do yeah. this again. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. and then see, see what they draw then. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Maybe the reactions have like a... were good. Yes. Uh, so we start off with Kaz Hayashi, Yu Yuzuka, Commander making his All Japan debut, Michiko Miyagi, uh, Kate and Keiichi Sato defeated Takao Mori, Yoshitatsu, Black Mansurei, Rising Hayato, and Ryo Inoue uh, in 8 minutes and 8 seconds when Commander uses a modified uh, shooting star press on Mansurei. This was really the Commander show. Yeah. As it should be. And he looked great. And he got over. Yeah. From, AE, from Dynamite to... Uh, 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 all Japan, <laughs> which is quite the interesting jump. Um, and I, I noticed Michiko Miyagi actually never tagged in nope. this match, and she just whipped people yeah. with her whatever that was. Yeah, that that's basically all she did. Uh, and yeah, otherwise, yeah, this was really all about just Cer- certainly s- very unfair of her to be treated like that when she could have been put in a match with Suwama and actually gotten some. Uh, Proper treatment. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sawama would have sold way more for her than Omori did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, no. But um, Omori, like, commander say, stuff is just, like, actually insane. Like, that fucking, like, rope walk into just, like, the uh, the shooting star press of the, like, top turn buckle is just, like, it's actually insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we had Hokuto Omori defeating Jun Tonsho in 8 minutes and 15 seconds with the Muso Essen. Uh, short but sweet, really good stuff. And you know, Tancho was a guy that sort of disappeared for a while after Wrestle One, and or he was in Vamostar, uh, and before Great um, uh, was created. And I really wanted All Japan to grab him, but they never did. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I like him as well, and 
I thought this match was fun, but actually there is, there is another person from WrestleVon that I actually wanted All Japan to grab, but that's for the next match. And then next up, we have Takanori Ito and Issei Onitsuka, which, if I'm not mistaken, did, did Onitsuka join Ito's group during this match? Yes, at the beginning, yeah. They, they, I think yeah. they actually, if I remember correctly, they did kind of like invite him to the stable previously and he turned them down and then he actually accepted it here. Okay. I, don't, I can't remember what the name of that stable Yan's is. Yan's but... Family. Okay. Which and I then, need to ask, um, is Yan related to uh, Uncle... What was it? Uncle John? I don't remember. Remember that angle <laughs> from like years ago in uh, Evolve with Uncle John's no, family? No, I do not. No, I never watched Evolve, okay. or except just a couple matches. Okay, fair enough. Then it's um, completely lost on you then. <laughs> <laughs> um, they defeated Shotaro Shino and Ryuki Honda in 11 minutes and 2 seconds with the German suplex hold from Ido on Honda. I thought Ishino and, and, well, I mean, all the guys were good in this match, but I thought the Ishino versus Ito stuff was great. But yeah, this was to set up a losing streak, and we'll get into more of that on the next show. Okay. Gerard, I have a trade proposal for you. Yep. Takanori Ito for Shotaro Ishino. Ooh, I might take it. Because, <laughs> honestly, if we're talking about a Wrestle One guy that I wanted to go to All Japan, it's Takanori Ito. He'd probably fit in a little fits better. Fits in so much Shino. better. Like size, like just him in there with Honda. Like he just fits in like look wise and just in the style he wrestles and everything. Like he just fits like a glove in all Japan. Whereas like I don't think Ishino, like if he's great, but he just never fit in in the same way because like all Japan is just, the, it is still a size promotion. It just never. It's where the big boys play. Exactly. Like. Like, I think Ashino would just be much better if he's in, like, Noah or Great, where, like, that size isn't an issue. And then Ito is someone where, like, I think that really benefits him and he would actually get pushed if he's in All Japan. It doesn't have to do the goddamn shooter gimmick. Yeah, exactly. Like, I fucking love this, like, results title reign, which mm-hmm. that, was, that was a while ago now at this point. But, like, he's, still, he st- not, he's still below 30. Like, I think he's 29 now. Oh, he's, I thought he was even younger, but uh, that's still... I mean, yeah, Ashino's like 32, 33, so... Yeah. No, because he was yeah, actually I mean, one I... of the guys... I think he was one of the first WrestleOne trainees, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, what could have been? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that right. that's... That's why it was also so weird when they brought in, like, Ashino instead of Ito. I was like, just... I was like... I mean, I actually kind of expected Ito to come in as well when they brought in Ashino, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. They're bringing in WrestleOne guys now. That's great. And then they brought in Honda, and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And then Ito just never came, and then he went to great instead. Yep. And then uh, next up, we had uh, Minoru Tanaka, uh, Soma Watanabe, and uh, Seichi Akimoto defeated Naoya Nomura, Hikaru Sato, and Dan Tamara in 9 minutes and 58 seconds when... um, uh, Watanabe pinned Tamara with a drop kick. Paul, uh, Watanabe looked like uh, a wrestler that was treated with respect here. Yeah. When you say. Yeah. For one. <laughs> I mean, he definitely didn't look like he got, uh, <laughs> uh, like he definitely didn't br- p- uh, block punches with his face in this one. No, I thought this was actually pretty good. Yeah. No, no. I mean, Watanabe is a really good wrestler. I just don't get why he wanted to do the whole MMA thing. 
Yeah, I don't get know. really badly embarrassed. Like I think that's actually going to take a while until they actually can like rebuild him. Oh, for sure. But that was a solid match. Yeah. I liked seeing um, Sato in there with those guys. And Tambora really, I think, works well with the shooters too. Yeah. No, I mean that that's really like that's his style. Mm-hmm. And he is growing out his beard. Yes, he is. Uh, and then next up. Suwama, Jun Saito, Rei Saito defeated Bulk Orchestra, Hayato Tamara, Kazuma Sakaboto, and Czech Shimatani. Uh, I like this a lot, actually. Because uh, it was just these big boys running into each other, and then all the Shimatani versus Suwama <laughs> stuff was actually a ton of fun. Yeah. When, when, like, when he was just standing between the Saitos and Suwama, like, that, was, like, that was really funny. Because like, they were just yep. so much bigger than him. <laughs> And yeah. the other one well, was just mention, big guys just beating the shit out of each other, which is always fun. Well, it's funny because the 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 Saito showed up in on a great show before this, and and got in the ring and said like, "Oh, you guys are all small. Why are you calling yourselves Bulk Orchestra?" <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. <laughs> it is, but they're big and great. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Cosma sure. and, and 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 Tamara are large in, in that company. I mean, and they also uh, well, but, I mean, okay, maybe excluding Cosma, they also have better physiques than the Saito, so. <laughs> actually Cosma has a better physique than the Saito I think Cosma would fit in, I mean yeah Cosma and the Saitos actually would fit really well together as a team actually yeah oh, if you do, if you do like switch like teammates you put Suwama with Bulk Orchestra and you put Cosma and Voodoo Murderers that would work yeah uh, I, I've been told to check out Kaido Ishida versus um, Cosma Sakamoto from the great show from a couple days ago mm-hmm. And I'm going to check that out actually after we watch this. Oh, yeah. I, I actually almost like watched that one just before the show, but then, it, then I didn't have time. But yeah, I heard that that show was pretty good and they filled that venue pretty well. Which yeah. also has an amazing name, like Gorilla Hall. Like, Gorilla Jesus, Hall. It's yeah. top tier. Yeah. I really hope they do it. It looks, yeah. it looks good. Yeah. If there's a show uh, in there while I'm in Japan, I'm going out of my way for going to Osaka <laughs> just for that. <laughs> Even if it's an indie scummer show, you should just yes, go. Yes, exactly. Well, actually, in theory, I should also go if there's just a show in Edeon because I didn't go. Uh, I did, there wasn't a show in Edeon while I was there last time. So actually, maybe I actually have reasonable grounds to go to Osaka again because I only saw Osaka Joe Hall, which poor me, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then next up, we have Kaido Ishido. Ishida defeated Atsuki Aoyagi in 11 minutes and 58 seconds with the tiger or a half tiger suplex. Um, this is sort of one sided with Ishida just kicking the crap out of Atsuki, but I loved it. It was great. Yeah, this was really fun. And Atsuki is now 0 2 against former Gold Class members. Ah, okay. So that's something for him to. Well, I don't know if he's going to beat Ishida. No, I, I, I also don't think he's going to beat Ishida. I just thought that it was interesting that like his last two like, like big matches essentially, like big singles matches, were both against like former, like basically their last faction. Like they were in other factions together as well, Doi and uh, Ishida, but like that was like the last one before they both kind of like left Dragon Gate. Well, Doi didn't really leave, but you know what I mean. Okay. But yeah, it Definitely. was fun. It was a really fun match. I actually, actually, would have liked this to go a little bit longer because I think they, they could, these two could have like a really good like longer singles match. And I, I know maybe we'll see that. Oh wait, actually, uh, actually, now that I think about it, wait a minute. Yeah, both Ishida and Doi are gonna be in the 
uh, in the tag league. Um, yeah. yeah. They have to face each other, right? Yeah. It's a round robin tournament. Yep. Huh, yeah. One block. I mean, he's no longer under so, contract with Dragon Gate, but still, that that is. Well, I mean, you got the great and the Dragon Gate guys on that Junior All Star Junior Festival. Yeah, but I wouldn't even really connect I, that one. I it was special so. circumstances. Uh, for sure, I guess. Uh, In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards... It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. But so then we go to the main event. Kento Miyahara, Suji Ishikawa, Yuma Aoyagi, and Uma, Yuma Anzai defeated Shima T-Hawk, Al Lindemann, and Tetsuya Izuchi in 22 minutes and 15 seconds when Anzai pinned Shima <laughs> with a German suplex hold. Paul, I have a few thoughts about this match. First of all, I thought Stronghearts were great heels, but they, they were just like doing a lot of character work, and there was a lot of like meandering brawling for the first half of this. Although I did think Izuchi was awesome. I thought the Izuchi versus Kento sequences were great because mm-hmm. they faced each other in great last year and had a nice little match. And I kind of like to see that continuing. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the last finishing sequence between Anzai and 
Shima was awesome. Anzai did two Jumbo Saruta jumping knees and then hit the German suplex to a great finish and a huge pop. So overall, I thought this match was very good. I just think the first half was a little lacking. Uh, yeah, true. But I, f- I think actually that worked because it, I think you kind of needed to do that to really establish like the Stronghearts and Izuchi as heels. So yeah. I, I thought that role, I think I thought Shima, like Shima is just a great dickhead heel. Like he can still turn it up when he wants to. Like him mm-hmm. actually like pretending, like him and his entire team pretending to walk out when people were just chanting for Kento at the start of yes, the match. He, but but that, that, that's like half shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, like Shima doesn't want. Yeah, because Shima just sure. literally like the, the second there was like one person chanting for Shima, he's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like I wonder what he would have done if he actually no one had actually done that. <laughs> like how far would they oh. have gone? <laughs> yeah. So what's interesting I think is that technically great won this four three, mm-hmm. but Anza got that big win. Yeah, I think so. I think that's how it was all balanced. Yeah, out. I think that that's how that's how they balanced it out. Where it was basically okay, you can have your big like prospect pin basically the biggest like star i think yeah i would say shima's still the biggest star in the company technically i mean he has the most pedigree yeah. let's put it that way so yeah. like you, you and i can pin shima but we like win the overall series so i think and if i'm all yeah. japan i'm taking that deal because right. giving anzai that win i think is more important than like i don't know losing a random six man so i've so that that's really good but like actually you know what i actually really liked in this match was the sequence with Lindemann and ishikawa Yes. Oh, yeah. And then so good. he finally got a, he got him up for a backdrop. God, yeah. That, like because like I think again, and that's why I actually thought that they built this match pretty well. I forgot about that. That was actually yeah. another great part of the match. Yeah. Lindemann and, and Shuji. Yeah, yeah, because they did that whole thing where like Lindemann like legitimately for like two minutes just runs into Ishikawa and just is not able to like knock him over, and then later in the match like he gets him up for the backdrop to like a massive pop as well because they built that up earlier that it's like. Yeah. Yeah, the size difference as well, like, it's insane. That, that's, that's like a... Is that a bigger size difference than, like, Suwama and Chihiro Hashimoto? I think so. It might be. Let me, let me take a look how tall she is. She's not tall either. She might be 5'2". Tall. I mean, she's definitely heavier uh, than a Lindemann. Yeah. So Chihiro is 158. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and... I mean, I think Lindemann must, should be taller than that. Not much. Need, well, I, He's 160. Look, <laughs> yeah, I, Paul, I've walked by L. Lindemann in person. He is a tiny True. I, I have actually stood across from L. Lindemann as well at a J-Stage show, buying a T-shirt from him. So, yeah, no, he's, he's very tiny. Yeah. And Shuji Ishikawa um, is legitimately tall. Like, he's not just, like, Japan tall. He's, like, actually tall. Yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, uh, I mean, and then like, they all had like mic battles at the end. Paul, we'll do a champion carnival preview on our next show. Okay. But, uh, final, final a block night in Cork and hall T Hawk versus Kento. Do you think there's going to be some great politics there? I mean, maybe, I mean, it's also like, if you want to like, I mean, Kento needs to take some losses somewhere, right? Unless he just runs the block. So I think that's a reasonable one. Yeah. So it's basically like, hey, I let 
I let myself get pinned uh, by a big prospect. So like you returned a favor and like. Well, and, and, and he's already got him. a. He's already got a win over T Hawk too. Yeah, so I think that one just makes a ton of sense. Yeah, um, and then so finally we move on to uh, All Japan Dream Power Series 2023 on March 21st at the Otis City General Gymnasium in front of 1,776 fans, 1776. <laughs> very patriotic number. The very wrong patriotic country, number. But very patriotic number. <laughs> um, and to open, and I'm pretty sure that's legit. And that is the best uh, Oda Ward gym number that All Japan has done in these last couple of years of doing Oda Ward gym shows again. Yeah. No, to me, that looked legit as well. By several hundred, too. Because I think the, their last highest was 1,400. Yeah, yeah, because you can pay, you can put a lot more people into that building as well. So, like, that's why, like, for And again, like, the upper rows were empty. Like, all of the lower rows, all of the premium seats were sold. So... <laughs> well, yeah. See, All Japan always sells their premium yeah. seats no matter what. It's 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 packing the, 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 the 40... Th- or the... What is it? The 4,000 yen seats at the back. Yeah. But again, uh, you make your the, money, like, selling the premium seats yeah exactly like right. actually filling right. the building it's just that's great for looks and like obviously you like that additional money as well i mean it's more money too yeah, yeah. yeah. no for sure but like like the like question whether or not this mo- the show makes money is based off if you sell the people sitting ringside right oh, or what was it with the five thousand dollar seats at <laughs> Mudo retirement yeah, or like exactly. two thousand dollar seats or something uh yeah um, more than a business so class flight to Japan. <laughs> uh, first off, Oji Shiba defeated Black Mensa Ray in five minutes and 42 seconds with the uh, Un, Un Gai Soten. So, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, this is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Mensa Ray actually wrestled here. Yeah. <laughs> he worked over uh, Shiba's arm. And... Um, Shiba like finally gets a singles win in all Japan. I mean, they're heating him up for the tag league, but I think he's paid his dues. And I think, you know, if he wants to hang around, even just as a freelancer, they'll do something with him now. Yeah. I mean, he is a champion as well. I mean, not in all Japan, but like he has a belt. Of a team. That's a team belt, right? The independent. I mean, it's not, it's not the a team. Like it's actually like a belt that is like, like legitimately like a belt for like the independent promotions. Yeah, it started in FMW. Yeah. It used to be their junior title. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, so, you know, like, I've, I've, if he hangs around, I think he definitely, like, you can push him a bit more now. And it seems like his body is holding I, up as well, which was always his issue in Dragon Gate. Yeah, I want him to hang around. I yeah, like him I, I think he's great. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, um, they, they do, like, the thing is, you gotta, they got to pad up that junior yes. division. Regardless of how good it is at the top. No, it, it is. It, it's a very right. thin, but it's, yeah, they definitely need more people like him. It's very thin, but very yeah. good. Um, next up, Hiroshi Tenzon, Yutaka Yoshie, and the greatest ex of all time, <laughs> Satoshi Kojima, defeated Tekao Omori, Yoshitatsu, and Mitsui Nagai in 10 minutes and 17 seconds with a lariat from Kojima on Omori. And Kojima is the ex in the A block, which also means we're getting Kento Miyahara versus Satoshi Kojima. So looking forward to that. That's going to be so good. Uh, as for the match itself, it was an old man six man. Paul Tenzon looked awful. So bad. Awful, awful, so awful. Bad. Uh, even like, was it two years ago, Tenzon looked bad, but he could still kind of do stuff. Tenzon can't do anything no. now. Nothing at all. And he botched the, like the 
back body drop. Yeah, and, and me, the only reason he's here was to like telegraph it to like everyone that Kojima was going to be the ex. Oh, he was over. Yeah. <laughs> Tenzo was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, but, here's the um, thing. If Kojima wasn't doing this whole greatest ex gimmick now, is there like, like they actually just announced him for the show, right? Like, it's the only reason they did him as like a surprise. I think so. But I like the gimmick. No, it, it is it's really grown fun. On like, it, like I said, it has, First actually, time robot. it has rotted my brain completely when it comes to exes in Japan now where I will just default to it being Satoshi Kojima because he has just like trained me like I'm a Pavlovian dog. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought the stuff between Kojima and Omori in the last like couple minutes was like the best part of the match. But man, Tenzan... Tenzan's got to return. Yeah, I hate yeah. saying that, but he, he, he's, he's done. Especially now that we have full crowds and cheering again. I think you can just like... Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's got to retire within the next year, I think. He, he yeah. can get a proper final show. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, so you just do like a final show. You do it at like, I don't know, next year's Wrestle Kingdom. You know what? Do it at next year's Wrestle Kingdom because I'm probably going to be there. So, <laughs> Or it'll be New Year Dash yeah. or maybe the ceremony at Dash. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but... I think I think he also is kind of aware that like it's over. Yeah. And he was waiting. Yeah. Maybe. Um next up, uh, sort of like the junior battle of glory tag skirmish thing. Hikaru Sada defeated Rising Hayato in four minutes and seven seconds via pinfall. I mean, they did as good as they could in four minutes. Although I did like the end because it was them just trying to roll each other up and then Hayato, uh Sato doing it. Yeah. I mean, it was good for what it was, but yeah, basically got no time at all. But instead, this match got time. Dan Tamara defeated Etsuki Aoyagi in 13 minutes and 15 seconds of the powerbomb. Paul, I went four stars on this. This was the best match of Dan Tamara's career. Certainly the best singles match of his career. Yeah, this was awesome. It was just... And also surprising result as well. Like, I actually would have guessed that yeah. Atsuki was going to win this, but no, then they just give... I mean, the, the finals win. are... Are the finals going to be Sato and Tamara versus... Atsuki and Hayato. I mean, I, that seems like a very likely outcome. Yeah. And then uh, Atsuki and Hayato win. Yeah. What do you actually? I mean, that, what do you actually get for winning this tournament? <laughs> An All Asia Tag Title show. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what they've gotten in the past. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what you got in the past. Like, it, we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this tournament, and now even more so. Like, I'm actually wondering, like, do you do something with Dan coming out of this tournament? Uh, well, uh, maybe you could get, I think him in versus Doi would be pretty good. Yeah. Actually. So like, I'm actually wondering, like, is he like, cause you were talking about putting the title on Hayato, but might, maybe does it also like get close to like the time when like you can actually pull the trigger on Dan as well? Well, I feel better about Dan than I did even a couple of months ago. Yeah. Like he, he's freshening up his look. I think I actually can, like, he has like a more like serious, like ass kicker. Uh, and he, I think his work has improved in the last couple of yeah. months. Like, really, ever since he, like, won that... I think really ever since he, like, won that All-Asia title, I think that's really, like, done wonders for him. Like, obviously, the rain wasn't long. Yeah. But I think, like, that no. just gave him, like, a massive boost of, like, confidence. Paul, Dan seems to have uh, a number of women and children fans. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I wouldn't have pegged it, but he does. No, I mean, I mean for, for children, it's, like, because he's, like... I mean, until very recently, he was, like, the lovable underdog. And then... Yeah. Yeah. For the women, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely not the expert on that. <laughs> but so. no, I saw, I, I, I've, I've seen like women in Japan on Twitter like posting their pictures like before the shows with Dan. 
Okay. You know, I'm not saying it's 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 anywhere as big as like the Aoyagi's or, uh, you know, um, Kento, mm-hmm. but he's got it right, and that's an, that's important these days. Oh, in, for in, sure, in, for uh, sure. In 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 Japan, to have that like, you know, that diverse fan base, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what's the kids that like Kento's got kids and he's got women too, yeah. right? You know, you need that. Yeah, I mean, those are the people that buy your merch. So, I mean, wasn't there recently that picture? from the fan club meeting and it was like the Aoyagi, Sokoto Amori and Rising Hayato and it was like 95% Anzai Anzai and Kento yeah it was those five yeah and it was like 80 maybe but still yes overwhelmingly female and apparently like Uh, the All Japan fan club won like some sort of award because they put up a picture on Twitter with like uh, Kento and Anzai like holding the trophy Ah, so yeah, uh, they're making moves. Yeah. I mean, th- this is all their like plan to like obviously clearly like, you know, build a fan base. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, that in a bit, mm-hmm. actually. Um, but yes, uh, absolutely, Dan's best match, and the boy is becoming a man in front of our yes. eyes. <laughs> really shedding a tear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've literally been watching him since this fucking first match <laughs> with his red mohawk oh, God, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's funny because there was a while there where I thought Dan was like the best one. And then I thought he fell behind the other two. Yeah, no, same. I, I remember I've don't like I thought I did. I reviewed that show on Voice of Wrestling, but I definitely wrote it somewhere after the tournament where Dan won. I was like, yeah, I, I actually like the way I ranked them back then. I actually ranked Atsuki as like the worst. Oh, so Which, did I. Yeah, I, he just was very bland. Yeah, but then he, like, literally right after the show was when he, like, started doing the high-flying. Like, he just immediately mm-hmm. proved us wrong, like, instantly, like, a month yeah. later. <laughs> and then yeah. he just, like, blew past everyone, and now everyone is... Like, now they're actually catching up to him. Like, now they're actually, like, it's leveling out again, but now all of them are great. Well, yeah, and Hokuto's moved up to heavyweight, yeah. too. Um. And then next up, speaking of Hokuto, next up, Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori defeated Jun Saito and Rei Saito in 10 minutes and 33 seconds with a gotch-style pile driver uh, from Suzuki on Rei. Okay, listen, I like this match. Mm-hmm. Suzuki sold for the Saitos and took bumps for the Saitos. Suzuki probably took more bumps in his matches in this match than he did on his like U.S. indie tour. I mean, that that's not hard because he took bumps. That's a very low bar. <laughs> What? Yeah, so he took <laughs> yeah. any. So I think that's already more, but yeah. No, I, I, I but I, yeah. I actually like this match as well. And, and, and Suzuki putting Ray in the God style pod driver was like impressive to watch. Yeah. So I liked the match for what it was. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it was anything special, but it was like, I mean, it, I thought it was the perfect length as well. Like 10 minutes in and out. Like everyone yeah. did their stuff well. I think Omori kind of looked good as well. Yep. I think he, like, I think I'm actually looking like which. Saito is in his block. I don't remember. I can't remember which Saito. Yeah, is but like one. I think I, I actually think like him and the Saito could have like a decent match on the carnival. Uh, yes, and then next up, uh, Suwama and Kono defeated Shotaro Shino and Ryuki Honda in nine minutes and four seconds with a backdrop suplex from Suwama on Shino for the millionth time. It's really not that many, but it's like always high profile jobs mm-hmm. that make me like recoil when Suwama pins a Shino. Then after the match, the Saitos come out and then it's 1992 Undertaker 
because the voodoo murders put Ashino in a body bag and <laughs> carry him to the back of it. Yeah, he didn't even or come the, out the after the main event. carry the body bag. Like, that's the no. thing. Like, Honda, just, like, after the main event, when all of the, like, tramping carnival, like, participants come out, Honda is just there, just being normal after his tag partner just, like, got murdered or abducted at the kidnapped. very least. He's just like, oh, I don't really or care. kidnapped. Yeah. Paul, is, is this, is, is Shino being inducted into Voodoo Murders? <sighs> maybe, maybe. Are I they ditching know. Kono and reuniting Runaway Suplex, but in Voodoo Murder form? I guess. I mean, Ashino is just a better heel. Like, that was like the thing on the Great Show as well. It just brought it across just like so much more. Like, how much better Ashino just is as a dickhead heel. Like, when he just took Issei on Itsuka and he just fucked him out of the ring, that was like... Oh, he threw him over the top rope. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> like, that was, that was, like, the best spot on the entire show. So... Oh, for sure. I mean, voodoo murderers, I mean, I don't know. But if a Shino heel turn, I think, is definitely a good idea. So... But should it be in voodoo murderers? And yeah, exactly. That's I, my problem. But it just feels it. like Ashino's been all over the place. How many times has he turned? Oh, or how many factions has he been in and tag team? I don't know. But I mean, he's not the only one that gets like thrown into different scenarios. And I mean, let's not forget the that the way Suwama joined Voodoo Murders is in the first place was by turning on Ashino. Yeah. So, so dumb. Yeah. But I, I guess maybe what I was thinking about that one is like, does this mean that maybe like if they're breaking up Ashino and Honda because they want to like do something with Honda as a singles guy? Uh, they should. Yeah. Well, they might need to. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, oh, uh, yeah. actually. Um, but so, they didn't know uh, that uh, at the time. so That's true. Well, someone was working on an injured knee already. Yeah. Uh, not always a good idea. Um, but so we go off from that into uh, one of the big attractions of the show. All Japan versus Noah, special six-man tag match. Masa Kidamiya, Yoshiki Inamura, and Kenya Okada defeated Kento Miyahara, Yuma Anzai, and Ryo Inoue in 17 minutes and 41 seconds when uh, Inamura used the Muso on Inoue. Paul, there's a lot to unpack in this match. I thought it was the best match of the show, actually. Uh, I thought like all three, like the last three matches of this were like really good, and I'm actually kind of struggling to pick between them. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this. Well, was I mean, really I thought good. they were two, but but I thought this was the best one. Yeah. No, I, I. But like this was really good. Like that's also what I'm saying here. So and yeah, it's actually like another thing that I like noticed like with like the next match as well. It's just to me, it's like how much better all of these Noah guys look in all Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Like, Inamura looked like a genuine, like, monster here. Like, and it was against guys that are, like, of similar size to him. And, well, they're, no, he, they're taller than him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Kento's taller than him. And he still him. stands out. You might as well. So, yeah. yeah. So, I thought it was just, like, I was really impressed with him in this one as well. Uh, yeah. But I think... Well, I thought the yeah. star of the show was Ryo Inoue. I was about to say, I think we do need to talk about Ryo Inoue, though. <laughs> yeah. Or little Kawada, um, or what if little or what little if Minoru K. Suzuki? Or no, that's Kenta. Yeah, or what if Minoru Suzuki joined uh, Matt Blanky? <laughs> yeah, so he's doing the yellow and black tights, which is fine. Uh, oh, which is fine, but his hair is now blonde yeah. with like black <laughs> lines in it, and it just looks ridiculous. 
<laughs> it looks yeah. like there's construction going on in his head. <laughs> yes. But I will say he was awesome in this match. Yeah. I loved his exchanges with Okada, um, him going up against Inamura and like showing the fighting spirit. He just got madly over in this. Yeah. No, uh, I although I so good. I'd also like to see uh, Anzai versus Inamura too though. Yeah. No, I think Anzai versus Inamura would be like a really fun match too. Uh, I think there's like uh, pretty much everyone in this match, if they had a singles match against each other, I would be like, yeah, this, this is gonna rule. Like, Kenya Okada was Ryu in a way. Just like those two just kicking the shit out of each other. Yes. That would be, that awesome. would be pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, but after the match, it sounded like Masa was done with Kento. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, this would be weird if we did all of this and it's just over with the six men where like. Kitamiya and Kento didn't even really like interact that much with each other. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's over, but it's going to be yeah. over until after the carnival. Y- yes, I think maybe that might be where like they're putting it on hold while the carnival is going on. But actually, yeah, because you were talking about like Kento winning the, or we were talking about Kento winning the GSC title. I mean, what could also be the thing where like Kento gets a partner and then he beats Masa for the tag titles. Yep. Could be Anza even. Could be Anza even, yeah. Or it could be Inamura. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because are they you did... saying that Kento Yeah. Are you saying that Kento like tempts Inamura and lures yeah. him over? Yeah. And then because they did exchange like looks uh at the Noah show. That's true. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think hard to say, but Whatever Kento's doing against the Noah guys is on hold for a bit. Yeah. Because he kind of have to because he can't do anything while the carnival is going on. No. And the Noah guy... Well, we'll get to that in a minute. And I mean, we uh, know this is... Go, like, this will keep going just based on the result in the next match. Yeah. Uh, it, for the World Tag Team Championship, Keno and Manabu Soya defeated Yuma Aoyagi and Nero Nomura in 18 minutes and 56 seconds when Soya used a jumping DDT on Nomura... And they become, uh, well, the champions fail on their V1 defense. And Keno and Manabusoya become the 95th champions. Paul, I thought this was good, but not great. I thought it was sort of meandering for a while. Although the Yuma and Keno stuff was awesome. Just the way that they are just complete dicks to each other. And and Yuma doing like Keno's like fist pose and everything. (laughs) I thought the last few minutes were great, though, between Soya and... and, um, Nomura, I just thought there was, I don't know, some spark missing in the whole match. I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. I, I thought this was really good. And maybe that was had something to do with Nomura already being injured. But I yeah, thought overall possible. this was like, I thought the beginning of this was really good. When like Keno and Yuma were just squaring off against each other during their intros. I think that to me really helped the match. Like, yeah, there was like a little bit of a lull in the middle. But I thought like the beginning was really good. And I thought the ending was really good. So I thought overall this was like, like I probably like I said like I probably went I, I went four on like all three of these matches okay so yeah I thought this was to me this was a really strong match and one thing that was noticeable to me though was how happy Keno and Sawyer were winning these titles <laughs> like this is the happiest I've ever seen Keno <laughs> like he was not yes. this happy when he won the GHC heavyweight title <laughs> Well, I mean, I think you got to sell that when you come into a different company and win one of their titles. Yeah. You know? 
Um, did you watch the Did you watch the video on the Cano channel? He did after the no, afterwards? I haven't. Yeah, so he like he starts of the he he starts of the video just screaming into the camera while holding up the bells, <laughs> uh, and then he actually like goes over the bells and kind of like exposes how shitty they look because they're old and haven't been repaired in a while. But yeah, I mean, hey, look, if Kendo wants to do something, he like pays for like a refurbishment of the bells. Don't get rid of them because they're amazing, but I think they like need a few repairs. Yeah, for sure. Then after the match, Suwama came out by himself. And then Ke uh, Keno sort of was dismissive. But then Keno said later he wanted to defend the belts first in Noah. So uh, my question to you is, who is going with Suwama to Noah? So you think it's Ashino? I think it might be. I mean, that is better than Suwama and Kono. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Oh, for sure. I don't love the booking just because of the way Su uh, Shino gets booked, but it's probably for the best, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like Ganyu of Anarchy, uh, but the factional so weirdly fell apart. Okay, and then it was announced, or there was a knee injury announcement confirmed on the All Japan website. Nomura tours ACL. Yeah. <sighs> just can't catch a break. No. And he was working on an injured knee since December, apparently. <sighs> yeah. Which, to be fair, like, if I had like all of these health concerns and then the promotion finally starts to trust me again and put a title on me, I, wrestlers aren't very smart, you know? No. I kind of get why he did it, where he was probably like, no, I'll, maybe if I'll just work through it, it will get better, even though, well, it's, that's not how knee injuries work, but yeah. No, and I think if he was working on a busted knee, like you, if you Google like torn ACL, it's like, Six to nine months, he's gonna be at at least nine months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're not. He's done for the year. Like, with, with, yeah. I mean, I might actually see his return match in January. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, God, it's just awful for yeah. him. Oh, man. He would have had. I, I hope he I doesn't feel like he would have had a great carnival as well. Yeah. I. Yeah. Because like he, they'd set that up. I'd like him probably getting his win back over Soya. Yeah. I and think he actually match. would have had a chance of making the final. Like, I think that's very possible. Um, also, I hope this doesn't discourage him and he just retires. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Because, like, okay, well, you had a bad neck injury. And now you've blown out a knee. I mean... Although many wrestlers some... have returned from yeah. knee, the torn ACLs. And, and, you know, so I mean, remember, Savama, Savama literally tore his fucking Achilles. And it doesn't really seem it's affected him all that much. <laughs> I... Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he would have slowed down at his age anyway. Exactly, yeah. So, and I mean, I don't think that, like, Nomura wrestles, like, a style where, like, that also really, like, heavily impacts him as well. Like, I don't think no, he really needs to needs, change. No, but he, he needs his knees to, like, do his explosiveness. Though. Yeah, like, I don't true. Know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see when he comes back. We'll I mean, I get yeah, this, hopefully. like... Like, an ACL injury these days is, like, something completely different from what it was, like, 20 years ago. Because 20 sure. years ago, that was basically, like, oh, you're probably going to have to retire. That ended a curve of a professional athlete. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're pretty much done. Or if you're able to come back, you're basically a shadow of yourself. And now it's, and, like... And if you tore your yeah. ACL and you're an NFL player, you'd have to go into pro wrestling or something. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's, like, how, like, half the people in the 80s came into, uh, came into wrestling. <laughs> half the American wrestlers are just NFL players that tore the ACL. Yeah. So, but I, I, f I feel like, like if he gets like 
good like treatment for it. I think he'll be fine. But yeah, the, the mental aspect here, I think, is the important one. And I don't know. But I also also feel like actually Yuma is like because Yuma, I think, like the whole thing of like him going to basement and dragging him out of there is like like kind of a shoot as well. Oh, for sure. So I feel like if Yuma is like still there and like supports him and everything, like I think he might be able to basically tell him, like, look, man, I know this sucks, but we can do something when you come back and like see, like maybe give it one more try. Because I feel like if he then has like another like big injury soon after that, I think then he might be done. But I feel like he came back from that like big neck injury. So it would be a shame if he just retires now. Absolutely. Especially for something that this like, he can probably recover from pretty well, given the right treatment. Mm-hmm. And then next up for the Triple Crown, Yuji Nagata defeated Shuji Ishikawa in 25 minutes and 46 seconds with a backdrop hold to make his first successful defense of the title. Paul, <laughs> I feel like when I watched this match, and I liked it, don't get me wrong, but I thought... This was going to be divisive, and then I look at other people. I watched this live too, and I looked at other people's reaction, and it wasn't as divisive as I thought. But I thought, okay, it's these old guys. There's a little sloppiness, but goddamn it, if they didn't kill each other, even <laughs> if they were panting for like five minutes between spots. Yeah. No, I, and I mean, Shuji was gassed halfway oh through this. God, yeah. They were both but somehow they still. Gassed. <laughs> The only really sloppy spot was the Splash Mountain, but Shuji still managed to turn it into a respectable-looking sit-out powerbomb. Yeah. No. But Nagata took a, a, a fire thunder driver on the apron. <laughs> he took a bunch of suplexes. Shuji took a top rope exploder. Uh, you know. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, they killed each other, especially if you consider that Nagata turns 55 next month <laughs> and Shuji will be 48 in September, I think. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, if you really, really like, okay, both of these guys are probably better than Kenta is, right? At this point, yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> Kenta has not had a match this good in a while. I mean, he had uh, that. That six man and Noah. Feel, right, but a singles match? Oh, yeah, singles match, that's a bit longer, yeah. Yeah, anyway. No, but like, I this was, like it. No, I, I really like this as well. But I do love that they're like solution to like, we have no stamina. Okay, let's just yeah. do fucking head drops on the apron to cover for that. Oh, and there was headbutts, like shoot headbutts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when I, Paul in the VOW Discord after the match is like, I don't even know what to make of no, this. No, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what, what, what was, I, I liked it, but it was also like, like legitimately there were like five minute like rest periods of both people just lying <laughs> on the floor because they had just done a fucking superplex. Yeah, I mean, I went, I'd go about four stars on this. No, it was. Like, but, like I said, like old yeah. man violence. <laughs> yeah, old man violence, but like be prepared to wait between spots. Yeah. Like that, that, like they literally took that as far as they could of like literally just like, let's do a big spot and then we both lie because then we both have an excuse to lie on the floor. <laughs> now, now, they could have tightened this up if they had shaved off five minutes. Yeah. But I also feel like they wanted to go a bit longer because it is a triple crown match. So I feel like yeah. actually going this long, this was like the best. So like, obviously, the actual solution is to actually just go. Actually, shorter. there's no way they could, they, they probably couldn't have done 20 minutes because. And had as good a match because Ishikawa still would have been gassed. Yeah, true. And he yeah. wouldn't have been able to do any spots. Because <laughs> what 
Ishikawa was gassing like 10, 12 minutes yeah. in. Yeah. Right? So they simply couldn't have done everything they did with <laughs> less time because they were moving so slowly between spots. Yeah. But like on the other hand, the, the advantage of Ishikawa just being so gassed was like then later on when they did like the chops and there's just sweat flying everywhere for Shuji yeah. Ishikawa just made that look so much better. Although there was a sequence in the middle where it was like Ish- or Yuji just had Ishikawa on the mat working over his legs and that was like to fill up time in the yeah. middle. But that was like literally just like the only time and then otherwise it's just both of them just like throwing bombs constantly. Yeah. Just like, uh, it was pretty good. Now yeah. it, like it, once it settled, I was like, yeah, that was pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah I was like, guys. once it was over, I was like, I, I, was I like, what the fuck was this? Yeah, exactly. I was like, what the fuck was this? I think this was great, but this was also one of the weirdest matches I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I think Shuji can still have a great match. If you put him in with a young guy, I still mm-hmm. think he could have a great match. And if you keep it to 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I see people say that like he's totally washed. I disagree. I no, think No, he's not. He picks his spot. Kohei Sato is fully washed. Yeah, Koi Sato's fully watched. Like, that's the thing. Like, you just watched, like, that run they had, like, last year as the Twin Towers. And if you're, like, coming away with that saying both of these are watched, it's like, no, I mean, one of these is very clearly much better than the other right now. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I mean, some of Suji's best work recently has been just, like, beating the shit out of young guys. Like, the Hokuto match or the Yuma Anzai match. Yeah. And I think that's what's still good in tag teams. Yeah, exactly. Like, his team was the Miracle Tag Team. With Cyrus. Yeah. So, no, I think, like, like obviously he can't go to the same degree he could, like, 10 years ago. No. But I'm, he can still I, turn it I, on when he needs to. Like, yeah, I, well, I was on, like, I, I was on Alan's 4Ls podcast. We were talking about Yuji Okabayashi, and we were watching, like, Shuji Ishikawa versus Okabayashi matches from 2015. Mm-hmm. And, like, holy shit, man. Oh, God, yeah. You know, but you know, he's still. I still think he's he 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 can step up. I mean, he he still has my all-time favorite death match. Which one? Uh, the one against Abdullah. Oh, oh, really? That that's your favorite? Okay. I I fucking love that match because it's just so fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's just like you just like both are just like okay. How about we just stand in the middle and we both eat glass and just slap each other in the face? <laughs> yeah. And then after, so after the match, all of, well, all of the Triple Crown are the champion carnival participants, except for Suwama and Ashino came out. Yep. And they all cut promos. And I was thinking Yuji Nagata is about to announce for the carnival. But no, it's Manabu Soya is yep. the other ex. Um, yeah, I mean, not the biggest name, but I mean, he will be good. He's got history mm-hmm. in all Japan. Yep. I saw some people... I saw some people being like, oh, it's Soya. And like, no, actually, it makes perfect sense if you, like, take the long view. Yeah. You know? I was actually surprised because I thought he had done more, but this is only his second carnival. Really? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, because he was in the, I think, 2015? Or even earlier than that, I think. It would have to be earlier because he left oh, in yeah, 2013. Uh, he was in the... Uh, real world, real world. Uh, where is he? The tramp- uh, 2012, yeah. So he was in the 2012 carnival, yeah. which that's a very different uh, promotion. Yes. Do, do you want to yes. know? Do you want to know the field for that one? Yes. So it was won by Taiyo Kea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay. So the other participants were Akebono, which definitely couldn't do that these days, Daisuke Sekimoto, Kenzo, Manabu Soya, uh, Kono, Ryota Hama, Seiya Sanada, Suwama. So I think, yeah, he's like him and like Soya, the only two that are like in both of them. Uh, Takao Mori, well, he might be in there soon. Takumi yeah. Soya, which mm-hmm. that's a name I haven't thought about in a while. He was good. He was, it's a shame. but yeah, injuries. Mm-hmm. Yuji Nagata, which is actually interesting. Ah. <laughs> uh, Yuji Okabayashi and Yutaka Yoshie. Oh. That's a hell of a field, actually. Yeah. And then Tayo Keo wins. Um, yeah. And who made it to the final with Keo? Uh, the final was Tayo Keo with Suwama. Okay. Yes. Allegedly drew they- 1,900 in Korokan. Yeah, probably drew okay. But not that many. <laughs> yeah. The semifinals were Tayo Kea defeats Yuji Nagata. I don't know if oh, wow. New Japan would allow that these days. Uh, and Suwama defeats Akabono in eight minutes. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, I don't know. We'll, we should probably just do a full, like, carnival preview yeah, on yeah, the next yeah. episode. No, no, no. But, um, okay, so who do you think could replace Soya the, or Nomura? Yeah. Because I can't really come up with anyone because it would need to be someone that has like a relatively free like calendar so that they could actually do it. So here's some names I thought that seem most likely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kuma Arashi, Koji Doi, and Renayabe. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be be awesome if they could get a big Japan guy, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, because like the one I was thinking of immediately is Takuya Nomura. Because then you don't yeah. even need to change the signs because you can just leave Nobora on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's tag champion, so don't think Big Japan is willing to like let him go for like a tournament where he probably needs to take a bunch of losses. Nope. Which is actually well, when like Kitamiya did the title defense, I actually realized. You know, that if if you plugged him exactly into the booking that Nomora was going to get, yeah, he'd probably come out with a winning record and get yeah. a big win or two. Yeah. So, because, and he was like a regular there recently. Ah, but the thing is, I, w- would Noah let Soya lose to him? Yeah. So, I don't feel like that gets complicated there, like politically. Yeah. Because that's actually the um, other thing where I realized that, like, it wasn't going to be Masaki Damiya is when he defended his title. And I was like, well, Noah right. isn't going to let the tag champ be in a singles tournament. No. And Soya being in that block actually also, like, automatically excludes any Noah guy as a replacement. Like, for example, I was thinking, like, maybe, like, an Inamura, which would be awesome, but, I, like, I don't think Noah wants to give away a Sawyer. Like, not that that's a protected match, but I still don't think Noah would want, like, an Inamura with a Sawyer singles match on an All Japan show. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> they don't protect Inamura. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think you can rule Inamura out, but I don't think he's likely. And it can again, it could just be Takao Mori. Yeah. What about Hikaru Sato? He, the junior. Oh, the, I he, forgot. Because yeah. yeah, I was thinking about Ryo Inoue as well, but no, he's in the junior yeah. tag league. Yeah. Um, so like all of those guys are out. Is there someone we're missing? Um, Masao Inoue. I'm trying to think. Oh, God. 
then p- just put in Omori for the love of God. Yeah, Omori. Omori is kind of the boring. Like the thing is, though, is does Omori really want to do it? Like it don't. No, I doubt it. Yeah, but it might be another situation like when Akiyama took himself out of the carnival and then also had to like comment on short notice because of an injury. Yeah, but Omori Omori is even more limited than Akiyama. Yeah, <laughs> these. Yeah, I mean, I still think he's good. Like Omori could have a great like eight minute match. Yeah. But, but it's definitely different. If you start putting him in longer matches, it'll be it'll be a lot depending on the opponent. Yeah. So I, I think maybe like if you can find like a freelancer that you can just plug in. What about another great guy? A great guy would be good, yeah. But again I mean um, you can just have him lose to Sawyer. Like I don't think yeah. great has an issue with like, like that. Great doesn't seem to protect their guy. Yeah, yeah. Although I don't know what if there's bad blood between those companies or not. I don't think there is i don't think there's a reason for them to have bad blood well oh, because Nosawa was involved but yeah, yeah. nosawa was involved originally too well, and Woodley Dead probably got a bunch of money like the whole reason great exists is because they sold noah to yeah to cyberfight and probably made enough money to start another promotion off of that yeah so i don't think there's so, bad blood there yeah, I think maybe giving it to Rene Abe would not be a bad idea. What's Ayato Yoshida doing these days? Who? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Is he, is he 2AW champion again? Uh, let's take a look. Yes, yes. Ah, so no. Okay, yeah. What about Kengo Mishimo? Kengo Mishimo, yeah, that would be an option. I mean, that's kind and of a boring option, yeah. But he I lost. He I lost. Like he Kendo. lost the real Japan Legend Championship, so he's not a champion at oh. the moment. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. We'll see. What about Ryoji I... Sai? <laughs> oh God, no. What about Demonji So? Yeah. What about Takanori Ito? In... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're hyping ourselves up here, but it's. I don't know. It's, I feel like it's gonna be Omori because they can't book and like anyone else on this short notice well i don't know someone from Kuma, one of the kumadoi guys i think probably could do it yeah ah, true it's not like they're doing anything else i think them and ren ayabe would be the top three yeah. likeliest ren ayabe is like if i want to like convince ren ayabe to come in full time to jump i think putting him i in mean the it would be a good lo- yeah. putting him in the carnival is just good experience for him yeah and he can lose everything or you know yeah, I mean you can you can have him just get one win, or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, beat one of the Saitos or whoever. Yeah, whatever Saitos in his block, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, we'll go to more detail, and we'll have our predictions for who's going to win in the next episode. Yep. But Paul, we have something that you brought up, <laughs> and I think is a very interesting talking point in light of uh, the events we talked about uh, today on the show. What if Cyberfight had bought All Japan instead of Noah? And I thought about this yesterday and today, Paul, but you go first since you brought the question up. Yeah. So because to me, this is like a really interesting like thought experiment just based on like, if you just look at like the shows these two just had and just the difference in like energy between the two promotions and like the difference in like means between the two promotions because Noah has like basically like not actually but like for all intents and purposes like unlimited money so they could like in theory do whatever they want and instead they like struggle to like draw in the yokohama like in the yokohama budokan 
whereas all Japan just does like a pretty decent number in order award with like basically a fraction of the budget that Noah has. So because to me, like the way like those two promotions were structured, I think like actually all because like assuming that like almost everything else stays the same so like all japan gets by, by, bought by cyber fight and then they bring in all of the like muto and all of those guys in as well i feel like suwama and kento don't allow muto to pull the same shit that the noah guys allowed muto to pull in noah because they're both familiar with it already for one i think that kind of right. fixes it because both Subama and Kento are, like, familiar with Muto's bullshit. And obviously Kento is, like, a much more, like... Like, he pushes back. Like, he isn't just going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to lose to you, and then I'm going to lose to you again, and then we're going to draw, and then maybe then at some point I'll beat you. Like, Kento also has, like, enough pull as well to just basically be like, yeah, okay, you can beat me once, but then I'll beat you, like, immediately, like, the next time. Yeah. Um, I think, though, if... Yeah, the old guys come in. Muto comes in. Akiyama's brought back up the card. Yeah. Because Akiyama still would have been in the company at the time, right? Uh, and he's also yeah. another factor. Yes. Because he comes in because Cyberfight can afford him. Oh, yeah. True, yeah. And then he never goes to DDP. So, <laughs> so Akiyama also can push back against the Muto bullshit. Yeah. Like that, like that promotion's just much better like insulated against that. Yes. Now, the question is, though, do you get Hideki and Fujita? I don't think... And the shooters. I think Hideki comes in. I don't think All Japan wants anything to do with Fujita. Yes. Because that infamous uh, Fujita and Suwama thing. Yeah. On the Tenru retirement show. Yeah. Because Fujita was going to come into All Japan at that time, but they, they kiboshed that. Yeah. So, and I think, like, I don't think I've heard, ever heard anything that those two, like in any way shape or form like each other but does hideki come in because who brings hideki in is it sugera i mean is it fujita yeah i don't know who brought in hideki i mean he isn't sugera gun but yeah who knows i mean i mean it, like but let's just presume it was muto that was involved in that for some reason and then he comes in as well like that's what i think like hideki like i don't mind hideki like from what he's done in his Noah run, because he has actually been willing to like. Oh no, out. I have, I have enjoyed it. Yes, absolutely, he's been great. So like, I don't. I think just don't know if Hideki comes that. into all Japan. Yeah. Without like the shooters having influence. Yeah, true. Or more influence. Yeah, true. He might still yeah. end up in Noah. Yeah, and you don't need. You don't need Hideki, but here's the thing, though, is that when Cyberfight buys it, okay, so you've got Kento as the ace, and that mm -hmm. solves your problem. You've got Suwama and Junakiyama. Say what you want about Suwama, but he can he can be a main eventer. You bring Junakiyama back up the card. You have Mudo. I assume Mudo's coming yeah. in. You, that that all Japan roster that you inherit in what late twenty nineteen, early twenty twenty or whatever, mm -hmm. is a lot thinner than it is today, and a lot thinner than Noah was at that time. So a bunch of people are being brought in. So who does come in? I mean, who is like a note? I mean, the other thing as well is like what actually happens to Noah if they don't oh. get bought by Cyberfight. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Wrestle 1 goes under. You oh, could, yeah. They could have brought in like the entire Wrestle 1 roster. Yeah, like all of them. Like not just... Like, yeah. You could probably like give Jiro like the amount of money that makes him rethink of going to like WWE. 
Oh, I don't care about Jiro, but you get Ashino. <laughs> you you get Ashino, you yeah. get Ko- Kumadori, yeah. you get Kodama, um, but you get Inaba, you get Ido, you get Watanabe. Mm-hmm. I think you get Manabu Soya. You get Manabu Soya, uh, Alejandro, mm-hmm. and you probably get Alejandro's brother. Yeah. Uh, Kai Fujimura. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I basically, I think what happens is you get on oh, Mudo, of course, right? So it's basically Wrestle 1 just comes into all Japan, and maybe there's a few other signees, mm-hmm. possibly older guys. Yeah. But the the biggest factor really is Kento because Noah lacked that all-star ace that could draw. Kind of was go. Yeah, but that but that was still, yeah. like, different as well. Yeah. But you still have the pandemic. But, I mean, that didn't really do anything to Cyberfight's plans, I would say. Yeah. Uh, you also but, get uh, um, ah, fuck. Who was under the Pegaso Illumina mask? Um, it's now. Great. Oh, it was Watanabe. Oh yeah, Watanabe. Yeah, so you get Watanabe as well. Uh, and June Tancho and whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, but here's the thing, Paul. Mm-hmm. What happens to Tajiri in this scenario? I don't think he come. Like he's not. Is he? He's in, right? Yeah, he is in, but he's not in like a position of power yet. Is he not? Oh, yes, because Akiyama then resigns. Yeah. Okay, so, but uh, for all we know, Tajiri leaves. Who knows? Because remember, he might have bad blood with Mudo from Wrestle 1. Yeah, because to me, it was notable that he wasn't in the Muta retirement match when, like, there was actually, like, a lot of, like, storylines with, like, Tajiri and Muta. Yeah. So, Tajiri might leave, which means no super crazy. Which is also positive. <laughs> and Nosawa was already in Noah, right? Before Cyberfight bought it. Yeah. Because he was so, because he was an actual executive of Lidad. Yeah. That was one of the reasons why. And that's they why he was running. In. Yeah. And he was originally on like the executive board of Great. Yeah. Um, now, Paul, does does this uh, Cyberfight owned All Japan start um, um, like uh, sort of grabbing guys from Noah? I, because, yeah, that's the thing. Because if Cyberfight doesn't buy Noah, like, then Noah's financials look pretty bleak. There isn't an actual decent chance that Noah goes under. I think so. So, and uh, in that Remember, case, all, Japan, yeah. all Japan survived because of that movie investment. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Wrestle 1 was the big casualty. But if Big Japan survived, I don't think you can completely No, you can completely rule out... In- might also be that Noah would have to like trim some fat as well. Yeah, but they'd be like firing the Rattel guys or like just keeping like Katoge and Harada or something. Yeah, but like those work cheap. Like that's the whole reason yeah. they bought them in in the first place. Like I could but actually see in they that really... case, like someone like Keno could leave. Uh, Keno would leave, but I don't see them dropping like Sugera or Marafuji or like the legacy talent. No, but I could see like someone like Nakajima or... Keno uh, leaving. Well, does Nakajima well, go no, back? Nakajima, Nakajima and Kento <laughs> had had Nakajima and Kento reconciled at that point. Yeah, who knows? Like that—that's the other thing. Like, maybe at that point, Masakitamiya is actually another one that I could see like going to all Japan. Maybe even maybe even Go leaves if they cut everyone's pay. <sighs> yeah, and Go comes back to all Japan. But does he then have that same thing where he like puts everything together and finally like fulfills his potential? Uh, I don't know, because I feel like Cyberfight would be running with Kento and Muto. Yeah. Because they would do, like, a big show. They would do, like, a big, like, Sumo Hall show or something with those two on top. Well, 
Paul, this also brings me to the next question is at Cyber Fight Festival, do we get Suwama versus um, uh, um, Danchu Codino? <laughs> uh, I mean, sure, why not? But okay, yeah, but how about this one? And like, just based on Suwama's willingness of selling for like the, uh, the women, uh, how about Suwama versus Saki Akai? Yeah, that could actually be That good. actually would be a really good match. <laughs> now, Paul, Suwama has generally sold for like, you know, well, he sold for Unagi Sayaka. Yeah. But he also sold for like you and Chihiro Hashimoto who are like, you know, rough and tumble wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Paul, would, he, would Suwama be selling for Yuka Sakazaki? <laughs> uh, okay, wait. How... Tiny is she actually? Because she's even tinier than like Chihiro. 150 centimeters, maybe? I don't know. She is 158. Oh, oh, taller than I thought. Yeah, and 58 <laughs> kilos. Which is like, I think, which is a third of Suwama, I think. I think less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's funny just to think about it. But, because, but I mean, Suwama clearly has probably been interested in women's wrestling for some time. Yeah. So what, does he start doing mixed tags with the Tokyo Joshi girls? I mean, hey, I, I, I would be all in favor of that. <laughs> I mean, it would be different if it was like Suwama and Miyu Yamashita or something. Oh, God. <laughs> that, oh, actually. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're going to do that one anyway, but <laughs> that would be really cool. Yeah, but I mean, I think... But I think there's like, certain beats. Yeah, I think the whole Mudo's yeah. coming. Go ahead. Yeah, Mudo comes in, but obviously Suwama, Kento, and Akiyama have, would probably sort of buffer the bullshit. Yeah, that's what I feel like as well. Like I don't, I don't think this whole thing goes down the same way. Like there's just like no. because I think like Suwa, like I think Suwama, Akiyama, and Kento also would well, like stick together against Mudo, and I don't. I feel like Mudo was really good at basically just divide and conquering the entire Noah locker room. Well, Noah was also in much more dire shape in 2019 yeah. than all Japan was. Yeah. Right? So, I think, yeah, that's, I think that's what happens, right? And I think that's the scenario. Yeah. And but Noah could go under, which is interesting yeah. to think about. Russell 1 definitely goes under, and they, that becomes, like, the main sort of place to grab more talent to fill out the mid-card. Yeah. I, could, I feel like that's also, like, maybe, like, some other, like, Russell 1. Like, maybe they actually switch, like, the people that come into which promotion. At that point. But like, oh, that's Sino goes to Noah, which probably is better for him. <laughs> like, I feel like he would, like, even regardless, like, I feel like if he had come into Noah, I think, feel like he might have been a champion already. Yeah, that's very possible. Especially in a, in a like, a solid debt run Noah. Yeah. You know? And I feel like he would have put over Kaito. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, they still had Kaido. Uh, Noah yeah. would still have Kaido at this point. Exactly. So. Like, that's the thing. Like, and, uh, that's, like, an interesting scenario where, like, you actually would have to, like, organically, like, build Kaido as a draw instead of doing whatever it is they tried to do here, which didn't work. No, it did not. But uh, that was actually fun. I've actually never thought of that scenario, but it's really interesting. And, yeah, I think the dynamics backstage would be a lot different. Yeah. And probably in some... I don't want to make a sweeping statement, but I think it could have been pulled off more successfully because people would have pushed back against the bullshit. Yeah. I actually wonder like how many people they would have put in like Ota Ward 
for this show. Like, if, like, the, like, stuff kind of, like, stays broadly the same and this is still, like, an older award show from all Japan. Okay, but here's another thing that I just thought about. Hmm? Akiyama has been noticeably... It's been noticeable his absence from Noah since joining DDT. Yeah. Does did Aki, like does Akiyama bolt from all Japan if Mudo comes in? Or does he cannot turn down that paycheck from Cyberfight? I mean he could still go to DDT. They could still he do could the same transfer thing they did anyway, where he just ends up in DDT anyway. Like he still gets the yeah. Cyberfight paycheck, but he just does the same switch that happened anyway. That's true too. Because I true. feel like like the reason he left all Japan, like A, yes, it's the paycheck, but also B, like after the Aoki death, I think he just needed a change of scenery. Yes, I agree. So I think that's still, like, assuming that still happens, unfortunately. Which, yeah, no, mm-hmm. well, you know, if it's 2019, yes, no, that's afterwards. So, yeah. So... I feel like he's still probably, even if that sale happens, he like even I think it make might make make it even easier because they did the whole weird thing where he like went on loan to DDT to do like the soft jump basically, where they can yeah. just basically just straight up be like, oh yeah, he's just switching within like Cyberfight and he just goes to DDT. So I feel like that actually might not change. Yeah, depending uh, if if Akiyama just detests Mudo, I just yeah. feel like he hasn't been around Noah, so it's entirely possible yeah he also was not in the retirement show right and even though you know mudo treated akiyama well mm-hmm. when akiyama came into all japan yeah uh and then he got that tri- he got that long triple crown reign still as a noah wrestler and mudo put him over and everything like that so i mean might i have, don't know but yeah maybe they just really could... cra- clashed as like people yeah and well, and he probably knows Muto's full of bullshit too. Yes, <laughs> regardless, right? So, yeah, I think Akiyama's a, is an X factor, but I mean, a united front of Akiyama, Suwama, and Kento probably could be more effective than whatever happened in yeah. Noah to keep Muto in line. Because, like, presumably, maybe Muto would have tried to do the same thing he did with Ken, with Kaito, with Yuma. But I feel like there's like people in all japan that would have been like no because yuma would would, but here's the thing yuma was not in that position where they had just had like yuma would not be the triple crown champion yeah yeah, yeah. right and so it's it's less disastrous even if it happens exactly like yeah that's what i mean like like that's also the point i was trying to bring across earlier as well was like the whole thing where the whole discourse about kaito was the way it was was because he was already like a year-long champion Whereas if just Muto mm-hmm. comes in and he beats Yuma Aoyagi, who hasn't done anything at that point, like that doesn't really matter or like will have any kind of long-term effect on Yuma Aoyagi. And it also yeah, becomes exactly. become a thing where like Yuma desperately needs to get his win back to like not look like a geek. Like it's just like well he just got yeah. beat by this legend. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you think happens to Jake Lee in all of this? Oh, I feel like he gets pushed down the card sooner. Well, because Tajiri was his guy, yeah. right? And it's also if there's like other people that you could push to the main event that you bring in through this. Well, Mudo. Mudo. Or, but and, maybe also uh, like other guys you might, like if you pick up and, like a Ken or And let's someone. say Akiyama, Akiyama comes back up the card. Yeah. And you pick up like a Keno who had to like leave Noah because they were like cutting salary. Or any of the Wrestle 1 guys who are better workers yeah. than him. Like, you know. So like. Not that there were many. Yeah. But, but like still it feels like. 
And it's also like because I think some of the Wrestle One guys might have been treated better just simply because they're kind of like Mudos guys to some degree at yeah, least. Yeah, they're Mudo adjacent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that that really helped Daiki and Aba, but. <laughs> no. But still, like, there's at least, like, I feel like Jake, like, the, like, there isn't the same degree of, like, need for all Japan to actually make Jake work. No. Like, to just desperately try and force it to try and make it happen and just constantly do, yeah. like, his stables and all of that. And he just basically just becomes what he's probably long-term going to become in Noah and what he was on the trajectory to become in All Japan, which is an upper mm-hmm. mid-card gatekeeper, which I think is the yeah. ideal role for him. Uh, when does Kai join Dragon Gate or start working Dragon Gate? Uh, that is earlier. I think that's... Because... Does that even... Because Kai is in yeah. All Japan. Kai's in All Japan early in the pandemic. Yes. Remember the... Because the the clown face tag tag team he with starts Tajiri? working there in twenty nine no twenty eighteen already yeah twenty eighteen he starts working there yes in seven Gate? matches in Dragon Gate at the end of twenty eighteen okay. and then I think uh, but yeah he under yeah. under a cyber fight all Japan and given that he mm-hmm. was in all Japan you know on and off in twenty nineteen and in twenty twenty yeah. he might just end up joining all Japan oh, too yeah that might also be a thing where he just because that's probably a bigger paycheck than... Dragon Gate, um, yeah. Yeah. So that's another guy where like, it would be interesting to see if he actually was like, able to rebuild his career in the same way, uh, the way he did in Dragon Gate. Yep, for sure. Well, I mean, Mudo might give him help with that. Mm, I don't know. So who knows? <laughs> Mudo is the guy that booked him to become a fucking Onida cosplayer. Doing jumping uh, uh, jacks. Wasn't it Dean Ambrose? Oh, yeah. Well, whatever. It was Jumping Jacks Kai, which was the absolute nadir of his career. Yeah, absolutely. Took him years to recover from that. Yeah. Actually, I really that was a fun little hypothetical because it's like, well, what are the dynamics of all of this, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I still maintain to this day, I hope All Japan gets purchased by some sort of large corporation. Come on, LAC. You you know you actually want a promotion. I know you want just one. Yeah, why why don't you actually want a real promotion? Yeah. Exactly. To like hawk your towels in. You can have LEC branded towels yeah. on every show. And look, if you don't want to like put up all of the money, you just go and talk to uh, the Carbell guy. And then you do like, I don't know, you do like a fucking 66, 33 split. You buy 66% Carbell, puts up 33% of the money, and then you just go from there. <laughs> oh, it can't be that much to buy the Exactly. Cabell. Like, so. But you'd, you'd be willing to have to invest. Yeah. Over like five years or something, yeah. or you know, several years. But like the right? roster is there to just like like especially roster, right well, now. Yeah. Right look, now, if the you, roster is there. Right now, yes. But if you had money, you would at least want to walk. You at least want to lock up like Kumadoi. Yeah. And um, you'd want to add a few guys. Like I mean, there's you know I don't know who, and have the money to be like, oh, I want Yankee Two Kenju on every Korokin show or something mm-hmm. like that to add depth to the card. You know, stuff like that. Maybe steal some people from Big Japan. And also be able to, yeah. like, pay all of your young stars to such a degree that you're not going to have to be afraid that one of them leaves. Well, I mean, I, Paul, if Cyberfight's coming after Kento, it would not shock me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should. Like, I, I, this, this I, really I am honestly, would be the best play for them here. Yeah. And 
Nakajima would just have to shut up. Yeah, and I really hope, I really hope that Yuma is ready when that happens. Well, yeah, I mean, Cyberfight might as well just buy the whole company. They're gonna have. Free, I don't know if that free brands. Well, or do are they just merging the, Noah and All Japan in that case? They're just merging Noah and All Japan in that case. I think. Which name do you keep? I mean, it's highly ironic if that well, were to happen. Yeah, well, the circle is complete. Yeah, it really is. The, the um, arc is coming back well, home. That's an interesting question. What what has more name value? I, it's all Japan. It, yes. I, and the thing is, like, not just several years ago, all Japan was still larger than Noah. Yeah. And the, but this isn't, like, the bad years of Noah. But, but I mean, yeah, you, literally, might have more... you literally could do this as, like, the arc is coming home. Like, But the younger you are, like, Noah might have as much cachet or more than All Japan. Yeah. If you're trying to get those 50-year-olds, then, yeah, All Japan. Right? Mm -hmm. But aren't you trying to cultivate a younger fan base? Yeah. I mean, or do you just you know. do, like, the fucking WWE thing and just, like, have a brand split? But it's kind oh, of God. the same company. I don't know. I would assume you'd make a quadruple crown. <laughs> but... I mean, you definitely do some refurbishment of the belts because that's needed. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I think that was a good trip into the what ifs and everything like that. Uh, so we'll be back with a champion carnival preview sooner rather than later. And so for Paul Voss, I'm Ger Gerardo Troyo, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.